VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Happy Halloween and welcome back to the podcast. How can I help you tonight? I shot him six times. Wait, what? I, I shot him in the heart. All right, calm down, buddy. Who'd you shoot? The boogeyman is coming. Okay, okay. I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight, okay? You don't know what death is. It's showtime, showtime. So what do you want to do tonight? What, what about pizza and movie night? I want to rent a movie. Let's get this pizza movie night started. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the VHS Files. I am Josh. I'm Jenny Lou. Jason. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Michael Myers tonight. Eric. I am Eric. (laughs) And tonight is our episode eight Halloween episode for Spooky Season. And for for our Spooky Season episode, we have a special guest. I'd like to welcome Mr. Nathan Simmons from Two Drinks on a Haunting Podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I forgot what it was like to have an audience. That was kind of cool. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. So how's everybody doing tonight? Is everybody good? Feeling all right? Yes, indeed. And feeling great. Halloween's next week. Yeah. Let's bring it on. So um, tonight we're talking 1978's Halloween, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, which is a very, very big movie uh, in many regards for us as far as being of age of watching horror movies and one of the one of the things that kind of drew us into the the horror genre. Um, this one being a very, very important one to me. I know very important to Jason, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenny saw it a little later in life, I believe, but she's come to respect it uh, just as much as I do. Um, this is one that's on the same level as me as like Jaws. I mean, it's it's oh wow, it's like a that's I've, huge coming from you. Yeah, Them I mean, spotting words. <laughs> I've seen it um, probably as many times as Jaws, and it got me through my childhood. I mean, which is weird for it mm. being a, a movie about a psycho killer, but, <laughs> but uh, it's just we all got to have role models, right? Josh. But it's just, it's it's so effective. So, I mean, just, let's just go ahead and talk about, you know, our memories with this. I don't remember when I first saw it, but um, this was just one of those things where when I was discovering the horror genre and this movie just encompassed everything that I loved about horror. It was, it was creepy. It was dark. The, you know, the Michael Myers mask was just so blank and, you know, motionless. And it's, it really genuinely hey. had you scared, scared of the guy that was on screen. And uh, that's just what wrote me in. And I watched it many, many times as a child and the sequels to alike and all of that stuff. Um, Jason, how about you? Because this is this is your baby. I mean, he's currently wearing a Michael Myers coveralls and a mask and all Boy, of that stuff. Is he. he is decked out. Oh, he has a real knife. I even, I have an, <laughs> I even have my Dr. Pe- uh, Dr. Pepper so I can do my famous shot of the whole uh, uh, Nick Castle mask off dr pepper shot. <laughs> um, i take that picture i think yearly that's how much i love this movie i mean i don't think we have enough time just for me to talk about my love for the movie we got to let everybody else talk but uh, all right like eric Josh it's said, your turn <laughs> oh man but like josh said with jaws um i mean this is my favorite movie not just in the horror genre but this is my favorite movie Nice. I've loved this movie since the first time I saw it. Uh, I mean, in a previous episode, my first horror movie I remember seeing was Friday the 13th, 
but later a few years later i come across this movie it's like oh it's got a big pumpkin on the cover i love <laughs> halloween anyway so i rented it and watched it and my mom loves john carpenter movies too so we just carried on with this movie and as you can see i like i said i'm sitting here in a michael myers outfit i got michael myers you know memorabilia on the wall everything this is my favorite so i'll stop now and let eric get a word in. <laughs> now i'll interrupt you though no, I, I know for a fact eric just saw halloween for the first time very recently is that right recently in life yeah. yes uh not recently to, to the day but uh yeah i you know as as i've said on this podcast before i didn't watch a lot of horror as a kid uh i had to play catch up once i hit high school and stuff like that uh this one i didn't see until even later um but uh but i i have become a massive john carpenter fan um and i do love halloween um although it's not my favorite carpenter film but uh i i do love it so they're I'm looking forward to talking about it. One question I wanted to ask both you guys, Jason kind of answered it, but what did you see? Did you see Halloween before Friday the 13th, Josh? Um, I honestly can't remember. Um, I, I think because Jason was a little more animated is why I took to him a little more. And I think mm-hmm. I, you know, this is jumping ahead a little bit before we really get into this series, but I feel like this, the, the Friday the 13th series as a whole holds up better than the Halloween series does. But as far as a movie goes, like and, and it is much as I claim to be a Friday the 13th head, uh, this is by far my favorite slasher movie ever. I mean, it just, it holds a special place in my heart. So it changed the whole genre yeah. from day one. And, and there's just certain aspects of it. I mean, like I said, this one doesn't really go for comedy like Friday the 13th would. Um, this one stuck to a pretty serious note. And, and I think that's what keeps it, kind of where it is today and what keeps me like maintains the creepiness about it so jenny i know you're the other newcomer yeah i think i probably saw this in high school definitely before friday the 13th yeah. um because i thought it was like a little more tame in yeah. some ways than yeah. friday the 13th yeah i remember liking it right away i really like jamie lee curtis because I'm basically her in the movie. Like (laughs) I was like the quiet, studious kid. And, you know, I wasn't the one sneaking over to the boy's house or, you know, abandoning their babysitting duties. You were covering for your other friends. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good person. Yeah. But she'll, she'll burn one if you ask her to. (laughs) (laughs) I just hold this in a, a very high regard for, a horror movie, although it is not my favorite horror movie. Mm. And Nathan, our guest, um, what are your early experiences with Halloween? So I wasn't allowed to watch horror as a kid, which is why I'm always like yep. fascinated what? whenever I hear Josh and Jason's stories of like growing up watching, you know, hardcore slasher movies. I had to kind of <laughs> weasel my way in by watching TV edits or like catching them when I wasn't supposed to, and then just kind of like slowly tipping my hand that I, I've i watched these already, so can I rent the rest of them? <laughs> and then a lot of that happened in like high school for me. Um, I saw Halloween has a interesting uh, memory for me because I it was like either the night of or at least like the weekend that we moved into the house that I my parents and I lived in, and I hooked up a TV, turned on FX, and the first Halloween was starting. And I just sat there kind of transfixed watching it. And the funny thing about 
the first Halloween is, uh, so much of it is based around atmosphere. So it's not, there's not a ton that gets cut when it's shown on television and right. it's still scary. Actually, it's funny is that they had to add to it. They did. To ex- yeah. To, to, to make it, yeah. you so know, a whole, almost, I think, yeah, there's almost 12 minutes. They had to go back. Right. Just, yeah. So they could, movie they could have extra ad space yeah. and, uh, they had to cut around a lot of PJ souls shots later in the movie. But, um, <laughs> But I, I was I was fascinated with it, and it just immediately, like, at the time, I was kind of surprised that I hadn't been allowed to watch it before, because yeah. I thought it was, like Jenny said, it's relatively tame compared to what would come in the 80s in the slasher genre. Yeah. And so I think that that was, like, kind of my, my gateway into slasher movies. Um, I told my folks I'd watched the first Halloween and I was like, you know, it was a really interesting suspense film. We like had a kind of a conversation about it. My dad who hates slasher movies even loves Halloween. Yeah. It's just a, it's a well-constructed horror movie. Um, and, and it's, I think probably in my top 10 favorite films of all time. Uh, it's also not my favorite John Carpenter movie, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it kickstarted that Along with watching Big Trouble in Little China at a young age, was like yeah. this is my this is <laughs> yes. my guy. <laughs> oh, I figured you were gonna say Ghosts of Mars was your favorite. Oh, I mean it's I my uh, yeah yeah. It's, <laughs> that's my third that's favorite. A, that's a stab at that's a stab. It's at my Josh. it's my thirteenth favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's John Carpenter's thirteenth favorite too. <laughs> well, um, let's go ahead and play the trailer and uh, get into this. Halloween night, a small American town, 15 years ago. I like the POV from behind the mask. Yeah, it's good. Michael? Seems like a nice enough kid. Yeah, and the, the reveal that it was a kid was always something that blew me away. All right, so Halloween was released October 25th, 1978. As we're recording this, this is the 42nd anniversary. Uh, we're recording this on October 25th, and um, it's been out for 42 years today. So uh, Happy birthday, Mikey! And uh, it was directed by John Carpenter, coming off of Assault on Precinct 13, uh, written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, with a budget of three hundred to $325,000. Turning in an overall box office of sixty to seventy million estimated, so Cha-ching, highest grossing independent film of the time. And I think it wasn't unseated from that title until the first Ninja Turtles movie came out. Really? I, the, uh, no, it was uh, it, it was with Blair Witch. Well, ah. Ninja, Ninja Turtles then Blair Witch because Ninja Turtles was like at the time the because I was watching this Comic Con panel and they said that it was the highest grossing independent film of all time. Wow. Yeah. Weird. So it was released amongst the likes of Dawn of the Dead, Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven, uh, The Wiz, and Watership Down. So, um, is The Wiz or R. Kelly movie? <laughs> oh. No, but Watership Down oh, is right. for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so seventy-eight, and we'll also be talking about Halloween two tonight, which went into nineteen eighty-one. Um, we'll be covering that time span and back in time tonight. So Eric, take us back in time. Back in time. Whoa, this is heavy. 
Well, Josh, we're not talking about 81. I'm only talking about 78. Uh, we'll talk about things next time ahead of time. But uh, <laughs> 78 uh, gave us classic films like Grease, Superman the Movie, Animal House, and the big Oscar winner that year, uh, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. <laughs> uh, Dude, Gilligan's performance is still, like, it floors me to this I day. I don't know. I like the it Harlem Globetrotters How did they get one. off that island? <laughs> uh, and uh, shout out to our true crime guest, uh, the serial killer David Berkowitz, son of Sam, is convicted in, in 78. And uh, cult leader Jim Jones tells 900 members of his church to commit suicide. What a, what a uh, wild year. It's a bummer. Uh, people who didn't join cults were staying alive with the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or jamming to releases by Van Halen, The Who, Talking Heads, The Stones, and Springsteen. A lot of good music wow. that year. Uh, the year also gave us Garfield, Reese's Pieces, The Blues Brothers, and the debut of the classic Yellow Lego Man. Nice. Thank you for saying Reese's Pieces. <laughs> this was just a discussion it's on your Reese's live stream. Okay, on. listen, listen. My wife Reese's Pieces. is a is an offender uh, of I believe what you're. <laughs> About to talk about the, the Reese's. We just Reese's. talked about that on the my Reese's, show yeah. on the episode. Yeah, where she, yeah, my co-host says Reese's pieces, and that's what my wife. And says, I was like, yes. is it because it rhymes with ETs? <laughs> like, why, why are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah, Reese's pieces is is proof that you're saying Reese's yeah. wrong from the Reese's cup. Now you know because Reese's is supposed to rhyme with Thank pieces. You. All right, so we're talking ET tonight. <laughs> But uh, Halloween, fun fact is Jason, Nathan, and I all saw Halloween in the theater together yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, that that awesome. audience sucked, though. It did. Yeah. Well, at the time, the theater we were going to smelled like feet and like mm. a dirty sweat sock. <laughs> yeah. Dirty, rotten beer floor. I think the theater, like, it had flooded at some point, and they yeah. never properly cleaned it, so it I didn't saw, smell so great. I saw Interstellar in that theater, and there was a leak uh, in the ceiling. It was a rainstorm outside. And I remember. Oh, I know that leak. Yeah, and I remember. <laughs> I remember it was on the water planet scene. R. Kelly. Again. And I thought, oh fuck, they have like really redone their sound system because I I thought it was like so immersive. And then I like it was like a four K exp- or a four four D yeah, experience. Four D. Yeah, yeah. It was wreck ride at uh, Universal. Yeah. And then I got up. I got up after the movie and just went whoosh, like when I was walking out. <laughs> well. But the, well, the cool thing about that—that that was like—I mean, I know—I don't know if you guys, but that was the first time I actually got to see it in a theater. Same, same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I mean, I'd wanted to, and I remember Josh telling, "Hey, dude, they're actually—that was the thing that they were making a promotion mm-hmm. uh, through it, and they said, hey, they 'Hey, we're gonna play this in the theater.' Of course, you know, back when I was in Panama City with you guys, we'd like it's not coming here, and it does. And then me and Josh, you know, I was explode. shocked when I saw it on the marquee. Go! Yeah, because they never participated in in those. Mm-mm. Some of those were great. I, I saw, um, well, I caught the tail end of uh, 2001. Oh, hell yeah. Over in the theater, and then we went and saw, I think, Alien. Nice. Yeah, you were saying that, you, I remember you tweeting about going to see Alien, like, on, yeah. and so you find, could finally see it on there. I, Alien is awesome. Eric's, like, Jaws oh, and yeah, Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just saw Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one on the big screen for the first time last mm-hmm. year, and that was it's so, so rad. It's so cool watching yeah. these classic films on, on screen. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So we open up Halloween with this pumpkin with the title cards, John Carpenter's Halloween. Now, uh, Jenny and I were watching this the other day, mm-hmm. and I have, I feel like, has anybody, I mean, I know Jason's noticed it, but the slit from the nose down to the mouth on yeah. the pumpkin. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I always thought that was just a mistake and that that's the way they did it. And it was just whatever. So as the titles, as the camera is zooming in on the pumpkin and we're seeing the titles and everything, it, it comes closer and it just stops right on the nose and the eye of the pumpkin. Oh yeah. And to me, mm-hmm. the way the camera stops on it, it looks like a knife. Yeah. And it kind of looks like it could be like the face of Michael yeah, and the knife. A- so I've never really put that together before. I love the, you're reaching with that. I, one, I, yeah, Jenny said the same thing. <laughs> it looks like the you thorn are symbol. Oh. That, oh, that no, said, no, though, oh, I, oh, I do now love... you're getting way down the road. Here. <laughs> you don't have any thorn going on yet. I do love the, the opening credits. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've noticed this resurgence of, of horror films that are really taking a lot of influence from 70s and 80s oh, horror. Absolutely. And they are using this font. And I've been noticing it forever. Uh, and I looked it up because I wasn't sure what it was, even though I'm a designer, mm-hmm. I should know. But it, it's called ITC Serif Gothic. And you see this shit everywhere now. Like, uh, you know, notably I'm Lovecraft Country yes. right now. But also I'm like, you know, The Void, The Guest, like all these movies that are calling back to that era. Oh, yeah. I was um, just saying lots that about of the stuff Void on the other day. Like, it's yeah. the same logo. <laughs> yeah. The Void. I mean, The yeah, Void uh, is a modern horror movie that is it's, pay, it's paying tribute, but it is it is a fucking good movie. Yeah, it's it's great. That was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, let's, let's not forget the anything though is the music. Yeah, and we open with mm-hmm. the the score to this, and I mean we can talk about this for hours, but I mean the fact that this score is played so repeated repeatedly mm-hmm. in the movie and it never gets old. Just uh, to me, at least, I'm sure some people that watch this movie nowadays are like, God, this music. But. I just feel like the, the it's the time signature that it's in that makes you like super on edge. Yeah, like it doesn't. It sounds wrong. It's uh, was it five, five four? four yeah. yeah, I think five four time. Um, but the, it's and the way it builds and crescendos and then comes down at the end, and yeah. it just it, it leads into the movie so well, into that great. And as much as much as the score is awesome, uh, I love the the absence of score throughout. Mm-hmm. The yeah, mm-hmm. where there's just oh, yeah. no score and it's quiet, and particularly when they're in the neighborhood and things like that. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so quiet. It's so empty. Mm-hmm. They feel so vulnerable mm-hmm. out there. You can daylight the, quote, unquote, the nicest neighborhood, nicer neighborhood than well, I that's ever That's also lived why in. those little stings like the, like that's why that stands mm-hmm. out because he'll go so right. long without dropping one of those in. And when it does, you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to see something right now. Yeah. <laughs> or like <laughs> yes, yeah, so when he runs like right. And you get that. Oh, yeah. Freaking noise! It's like because it's so quiet, like Eric said. And then, Can like, we dub when, Jason uh, into the Tommy movie? Tommy <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of those a full Jason. One cut. of those stings hit the, uh, when we were watching it the other night, and Jenny, she hates the noise. They, mm. It was so offensive. Like I, I don't know why the other oh, night. Oh, the sort was, of like chainsawy, like. No, just like I think very, it is that one. Yeah, high pitched one. Just felt like it was drilling into my brain. Yeah, for oh, some man. reason. I it makes me. I think it might have been the one I was talking about. Immediately scared. <laughs> like the there's the shot where you know when that great shot when he comes out of the shadows. You know he just slowly starts yeah. to form and it just it gets me every time. Yep. Um, and and they're gonna. I actually pulled a few clips that we'll get to when we get to those in the movie mm-hmm. that that kind of showcase that absence of score and the creepiness of where it goes. But uh, and then we get into this opening shot and this 
one shot tracking and mm-hmm. it's like something especially as a kid watching these movies you'd never seen before i don't even really know if i picked up on it so much as i did later in life and realized that it was supposed to be this one long shot yeah um because as a kid you're just you just couldn't get it done because uh, the kid as a kid you're just watching this whoever go through a room and mm-hmm. um but again, the way they set that up, you see just the hands opening the drawers. You don't get any glimpses of the face until Never the reveal. Hands too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, but we see the see him spying on his sister. Or at the time, we don't even know it's his sister, but we see him spying on a girl on a guy. And they go upstairs. He goes in the house. Guy lasts thirty seconds. <laughs> yes, um, women. Hey, there's a two pump chump again. Women are still not being <laughs> that satisfied in this movie. Jenny, the guys in in Friday the Thirteenth. D- fared much better. Yeah, uh, I think than, so. Than this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> There's a guy in Jason well, Goes to Hell who gets okay. it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, thing, the, I think the, the, the immediate the, thing you notice, sorry, Jason. No, you go ahead. I just for me, after watching all those Friday Thirteenth sure. movies recently, and and the the immediate thing when you, as soon as this movie starts, is visually you're looking at something that's a higher level of art yeah oh yeah oh, a higher absolutely. art form artists at work uh making something i mean just you know you nathan already mentioned atmosphere it's amazing what they establish just moving through mm-hmm. this house uh just shots of outside it, it just looks so much better than any of yeah, those movies great. immediately well the, well the main thing is too is i mean i mean we later we find out that it's a, a younger child but i mean the height of the camera, you don't think that that's a kid walking around. I mean, because it's obviously higher, like, you know, adult or teenager height. You go on through and then you see the, you know, the scissors mm. come out. And you're like, you don't know who's doing this killing. I mean, the, the the shot starts from outside. It could be just a stranger lurking around in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, and then you get up to there, you know, and then you see the topless girl. And I'm pretty sure Jenny will give us her, you know. 10-minute dissertation on nudity and horror movies here in just a second. And uh, it's just stabbing with the uh, the scissors over and over again, which I thought was well, crazy. No, every, teen, every, every woman always brushes their hair topless at 11 o'clock in, at in night. In just their slip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the, yeah, pre-bed naked yeah. hairbrush. I thought yeah. that's... I also that do that, but my with my beard. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way that mm. this kid had enough force to kill her yes in uh, in the real world he's so he's in the real world yes but this thing fueled by pure evil <laughs> it's it's called it's called you know like rage strength you know this his inner rage is evil is just taking over you know crazy you know they talk people who are crazy have super strength that's what it is i don't know See jenny that, yeah you have you out ever the window to... one-handed have you ever tried to dress a toddler that doesn't want to be <laughs> There you go. Ask, ask the man who is a father. You think you, you could overpower a toddler? They're just stretching every which way. You can't See, get that's actually, it's impossible. And that's a toddler. So. That immediately hits on why I think Michael Myers is scarier than Jason Voorhees, especially in the early going. Because in the first few movies, you can make whatever, for Friday, you can make whatever you know argument you want that... Jason is, you know, just this regular guy who's crazy. Michael Myers is something entirely different. Like yeah. He literally can't stop. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, right off the bat, there's just something. It's everything about this intro is meant to, like, throw you off balance. Yeah. And like I said, you know, we kind of saw this when we were watching the trailer here, which isn't a very audio good thing for a podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you get that reveal of him 
being a, a six-year-old child at the end. So he looks the, spaced out and confused. Yeah, and just completely not even blank. Sure, like what he did. Yeah. Is he supposed to be six? Yeah, yes. yeah six years yeah. old. That, I, I gotta bring this up later. I'm bringing that up later. But the way they they hone in on that, mm-hmm. you see the kid, and then they do the 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 boom shot out. It's a great shot. I love the way they fade out with that, and then you you move on into the movie. I was always a little confused. Is that supposed to be a like? Or were they intending on that to be a still that they're fading out oh, on? Because the, the they just stare at. Yeah, him. they just. Like sit there and stare at him, no yeah. response. It's, I think it's meant to be shell shock, but it is a very strange shot. Yeah, it feels like a David Lynch shot. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, I I kind of think that they the whole shot they wanted to get. I mean, you, all you saw was uh, Michael and his parents, mm. but then you get that pullback shot. It's a regular house yeah. in a regular neighborhood. Right. Parents dressed in regular business. Yeah, this attire could be with your a town. Car. Yeah. This is your this is okay. your neighborhood right now happening. And I think that's what they were going for. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know. Uh, well, so what is it that makes him not human? So the, the later movies make their own explanation. But if we're just looking at it as a, as a one standalone film, I love the ambiguity of it. So do I. I love that. I love that he's just driven by, I mean, you could just make the argument that he's a crazy person or you could buy into Sam Loomis saying that he's like the manifestation of evil on yeah. earth. Like, um, you know, when a when a guy with a PhD is just like, no, 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 there's nothing scientific about this. He's a monster. <laughs> like, maybe listen. Let me put well, this in language right? terms for you. He's fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Everything we know about Michael is from race. Right. I mean, he he establishes immediately and effectively. I yeah. think you know how scary this guy is. He's not just a guy who escaped. Like this is something else. It's not your average escaped patient he's xyz and loomis really sells you, it There's you Donald get Pleasance, that immediately you know? when marion yeah. tells him like that they're being inhumane and he's just like i don't care like yeah. i want him i don't want him to move i want him to be asleep yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, yeah what do you want me yeah, to give him he's not thorazine thorazine can barely stand up yeah, that's the point that's the whole point of the whole thing. He looks I'm liking so, the Loomis. He's so franchise. tired. I, Loomis is my favorite character in the entire franchise. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, from the beginning, Donald Pleasant's performance is incredible because he he could so easily be a, a crazy Ralph, you know, like a yeah. the harbinger of doom. And instead he's yes. he's been explaining the same thing to people for 15 years they're not listening to him and he's exhausted. Yeah. He just wants it to stop. Well, that he's the voice of yeah. reason. Yeah. And that was kind of what I was paying attention to watching it this time is paying attention to Loomis and how he changes throughout. Like we're watching, we're going to, yeah. we're going to talk about part two later yeah. and how the first one is a very reserved and somber almost performance from him. Once he sees what he's really capable of in the outside world, he's yeah, frenzied. Like I saw, I saw the complete shift from what he is in one to what he is in two. It's so good and and yeah like i've got clips i'm gonna pull in two that we're gonna talk about well the, the one part before we get on to them driving up to smith sure. grove uh did anybody watch the tv edit yeah uh years right. ago actually right. i haven't watched it recently okay well in the t- well when we had to add in the time there's a there's actually a scene before they drive up and it's loomis in his younger years in a room trying to talk to the doctors and he is, I mean, he is passionate yeah, yeah. about, he's like, you can't do not let this kid out. They're in a minimum security. He needs to be in a maximum security the whole entire time. Yeah. I mean, he is so passionate about lock this freaking kid up away, throw away the yeah. key and they won't. They're like, Oh, well, when he's 21, we'll review him and he'll go before a court. And then that leads us into the 
carpooling. I didn't know that was that early. Wow. I've not yeah. seen that. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't really delved into all the stuff that was cut. I, I have, I've seen the TV version very few times. A lot um, of those were filmed like after the original yeah during film. while they yeah. were filming part two. Yeah. Because um, they were yeah. filling in story as well. Like right. there's there's a cut scene that they had where they play yeah. into the whole sister aspect mm-hmm. of of what, what what we lead into in part two, which we're, we'll get there. we're gonna get there. <laughs> um, so, but I I love this whole drive up of the conversation between Loomis and and Marion. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Marion Chambers. Marion Chambers. Nurse. And um, yeah, nurse Marion. You know she she doesn't understand where he's coming from. He's like you know. It's the law. It's what I have to do. Right. Um, but then you get this great shot of the, the people wandering around in the yard, and then the guy jumps up on the car. I love the scene in the dark with the... the. I mean, it, it has such a zombie vibe. Yeah, right? it's a George Romero I mean, shot. The, the people, sh- yeah, like sh- shuffling around the, the, the field. I mean, yeah, totally mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah, rain, lightning, and they're just, you know, hospital garb. Yeah. And then you see this crazy monkey kid jump up on the back it shows you how unprepared for this insanity marion is because the first thing she says she's like i didn't know they let them out this late or something like that yeah yeah but the thing is is as soon as loomis sees it yeah he knows he he knows what's what's up like that's how ingrained in this Mm -hmm. he is is like he knows something just went wrong and I, I know we're going to touch on twenty Halloween 2018 at some point, maybe a <laughs> at little some bit. Point. But that's one of my favorite parallels of that movie is Laurie's become the new Loomis because there's yeah. there's that moment where she says, uh, definitely, uh, you know, the, the bus crashed. I know what this is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just right. an accident. Yeah. It's what I've been telling you guys for the past whatever. Yeah. But the attack on the car is one thing I wanted to point out is. Sure. Uh, we talk about how things from this age and how they age now with the, the UHD and Blu-rays and mm-hmm. stuff. I cannot unsee the wrench that's strapped to his hand when he breaks the window. I just now. saw that for the first time. Did anybody notice that? Oh, I, didn't I didn't notice, notice okay. it. Okay. No. Uh, I noticed it when it was on VHS. Really? Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Jason, well, you, you don't know how many times I've seen this movie. No, no, that's hey, <laughs> Jason, but, Jason, I mean, let's, you see let's it. do what we normally do. Let's explain this away. He just had a wrench. Yes. <laughs> he the window with a yeah. wrench. Fine. Yeah. But yeah, but that was the whole reason when they said they were making a movie. I guess he tried to break it and he couldn't, so they had to put a wrench in his yeah. hand mm. so he could break it, break the glass. <laughs> how does Michael know how to drive? Exactly. Well, in Halloween 6, it's revealed well, that the man in black taught him how to drive. He's not human. <laughs> he's, no. Yeah, well, I mean, he's been locked car. up since he was 6, right? I'm, or, yeah, or something. Drove, and I'm going to go He didn't he doesn't just drive, guys. Uh, he drives the, well. He drives he through does. the suburbs. He he stops at stop yeah, signs. He's very inconspicuous. Yeah, the, he's good. the novelization of the first movie. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, oh no, he went there. <laughs> Reveals that he, no more. he closely watched Dr. Loomis when he would drive him around, which I was like, in what occasions is Dr. Loomis like taking him to Dairy Queen or <laughs> yeah, if, if this guy is trying to get him put in a maximum right. security psych ward, why is Dr. Loomis like, here, I'm going to take you for a ride yeah. in the country and let's go have a cute, a cute little picnic with some cold fried chicken. Wait, and wait till you see them hold the blizzard upside other. down. It doesn't come out, Michael. Oh, I have to parallel park here. <laughs> My Loomis is not as good as yours. In certain places, you can go right on red, but not here. I'm still getting used to using the steering wheel on this side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I'm double gonna just chalk it up to like pass. Nathan said is ambiguity. Like yeah. I just like that sure. none of it's explained. I love the ambiguity of his superhuman yes. abilities, and I agree that that not being explained is effective in making it creepy. But there are a couple. I don't know about the. Yeah, there are a couple ability. of goofy. I mean, they even have to like lampshade that in the movie itself, where you know Sam's like, "Someone's been giving him lessons." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I. That's that's really the only time you see him give that that pure like freakout moment is when he's dealing with the people he's been yeah. dealing with for yeah. years. He's like, I told everybody. Yeah. You know, like you know where he's going. I, I do kind of question what it is that why Loomis understands that he's going back to Haddonfield and wouldn't just like what is it that Loomis knows right. about Haddonfield that keeps him going? Like well, that's why he would go there and not just go on a killing it's spree wherever home. he is. Right. You yeah. know. That's his home, right? He'd I revisit mean, the scene of the crime. But also like Well, I, I guess he does go back to the house. I think there's so many things that are left ambiguous that end up creating more of a um a history there that like if it's not like laid out completely you're like oh man I, I can't imagine what those two went through together in 15 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just it feels like one of those things that's like because it's not explained it kind of makes it more compelling, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, you're 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 locked up at six. You, fifteen years later or something, you sure. get out. You want to go home. You go home, right? You go back to your house. I I don't know. It seems pretty. That's kind of what they're saying. To me. You know, like in he, that, in he that literally sense. stood. I remember sat and looked out a window. Just yeah. He was looking to go home. Yeah. That's all he wanted to do was go back home. <laughs> and and again, all right. This is the thing. All right, Eric's. We brought this up the age thing a couple of times. He was locked up at six, mm-hmm. right? And they say he got out 15 years later. All right, do the math. Who's the mathematician? He's 21. Was 21. Means he's 47 in this. Okay, film, he's 21. All right. Oh. They through the movie they label him as being 23. Oh, do they? Even in the credits. Oh, Even really? in the credits. Well, I never noticed. That. I'm like, well, I'm I like, have, how old is Michael? I have, <laughs> I have noticed that, and it's funny because. Loomis says it in part two. He part says two. Michael Myers is 21. Oh, but true. even in the credits for Halloween 2, they list him as Michael Myers, age 23. So, wow, no one. So, this is some Those departments were not getting graphics along. department. Yeah, <laughs> Yahoo's making the credits. Well, if it. I mean, if I, we're talk, I can't. If we're talking Halloween 2, yeah, there's, there's probably a good reason why shit wasn't going right there. But. <laughs> yeah. So. But then we move on, and now it is Halloween. In Haddonfield, present day or nineteen seventy, or present day nineteen seventy-eight. Right. So then we meet Lori, our our heroine of the movie, and like Jenny said, I mean, strong female presence character mm-hmm. in this. You 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 pretty much fall in love with Lori from the moment you see her. She's just your normal average girl next door. She's incredibly likable. Yes. Instantly like more likable than any girl in any Friday Thirteenth movie in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I can mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yep. And um, you know, she's just walking to school, doing a little errand for her dad, dropping off a key because he's a realtor. Mm-hmm. Meets up with the boy that she babysits, and they talk about what they're gonna do during the night. Um, <laughs> Tommy Doyle. <laughs> that sounded right? oddly Phrasing. too sexual, but she's she's oh, clearly a good babysitter, she, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is nice that they establish that that like she's gonna do. He likes yeah. her. Like we know that she's a good person, and they establish that. We're gonna pop popcorn, yeah. carve pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was always blown away at how much shit they actually do during ho- during Halloween night. Like, you're telling me you went trick or treating, watched three movies, popped popcorn, carved a jack o' lantern. Like, and number two, why are you carving a jack o' lantern on Halloween night at eight o'clock at night? That's how I feel about every Christmas movie that shows the family putting up the Christmas tree <laughs> yeah. on Christmas Eve. <laughs> so true. 
Now, did but did these kids go trick or treating before going? I feel, I feel like Tommy they, well, did they did. And then their parents dumped them on us. Well, he's yeah. Well, there Tommy's. is a, there's a scene later where uh, Lori sees the ch- the children trick or treating, and it's still daylight outside. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, kids start you know around dinner time usually. Maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'd just trying to think like, like one... these kids like their parents like just want to go party. They dump their kids on the babysitter. Yeah. On you think it's like a hocus pocus scenario? <laughs> Well, when I was little, I would go trick-or-treating with my parents, Mm -hmm. and then they would send me to Grandma and Granddad's to spend the night, and they went out to their own Halloween parties. That To do adult things. (laughs) (laughs) They went to those, like, blood raves from the Blade movies. (laughs) Well, that must be what the adults here do, because they're definitely not present during any of this. Oh, wow. So and when she when she goes by the house, he's in. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, we have that and music. You get that breathing inside the mask. And the music well. sting, that. where it's that 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 loud sting of music. Yeah. Where and when yeah. you take out the revelation from the second movie, it really plays like that's just the moment he saw her and decided I'm gonna follow her for the exactly. rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He I mean, saw a teenage girl and just got tripped. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the the original title was the babysitter. Right. Yeah. So therefore, it's like babysitter child and you just happen to bump into me right i'm i choose you i choose you i am going to stalk you for the rest of the evening but then Lori's in school and she's um looking out the window and she sees him standing there yeah um i love that sequence it's it's, creepy as fuck it's creepy but also the teacher is giving this lesson about fate yeah and they say oh, yes. yeah. that fate is immovable. Uh-huh. And it's it's Michael Myers. Yeah. Like I love he's it. the fate. He's immovable. This is one of my favorite right. tropes in horror films. That this this is something that they go back to all the time. Like especially in the Halloween series, it happens like three or four times. Yeah. But like Nightmare on Elm Street, there's the whole uh discussion about uh Hamlet's ghost. <laughs> that like ties into like and there, everyone it just seems like there's so many horror movies that like have that oh that's so weird that the lesson that they're at like yeah. ties thematically perfectly yeah. to the <laughs> like the like nightmare right. donnie darko oh, yeah, too donnie they darko. get into yeah yeah um but i i man that's maybe one of my favorite scenes in the film it's so yeah, good. It's really good and they kind of have a callback to this in um it follows. Yes. Too, yes. She's sitting in, which is in very indebted to Carpenter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, of course, the, the yeah. scenes where they're walking so the Carpenter. sidewalks and all that was just, was, it, it brought me right back to the Absolutely. scenes where the girls are walking around talking in this. Um, well, the we're kid the also school. mentions the boogeyman. Yeah. We're at the school we where uh, Tommy's leaving school with this pumpkin yeah. and the, he's being bullied. Here we get another seventies, eighties movie yeah. where bullying is going on. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad there's no bullies anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good thing we yeah, moved past that. Candy. <laughs> He's so innocent. I love him. And I, I rewatched tw- Halloween 20, 2018 uh-huh. in preparation for this, just to see if you know if there was anything to mention, which there is. Yeah. And, and like they reference those kids in that movie. Lonnie Lamb. Lonnie. Yeah. yeah like Lonnie. The. He's the, gonna be in the next one. In yeah. Halloween like Kills. they're they're already bringing back these characters that they just subtly hinted and, in these. And Tommy, Tom, it, the character from yeah. he's gonna be in Anthony Michael Hall. Huh. Yeah. Yep. You mean it's oh. not gonna be Paul Rudd? Paul Stephen Rudd. Paul Stephen Rudd. His name. <laughs> <laughs> you say his whole name That's when you speak to me. That's how he was credited in Halloween Six. 
So what do you think the point of following Tommy was for that short Like, he doesn't follow him home. No. I Is it just to be creepy? I think it's just the kid leads you to the babysitter. But he doesn't follow him home. That's that's the thing. Like I think there's this really interesting thing that Carpenter does with a lot of those long tracking shots where you get to you get to see this whole neighborhood before everything goes bad. I mean, it really kind of like it really sort of gives you that uh, quiet suburb feel before so that you recognize all of these landmarks when they're running, screaming through them later. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. it gives you it, it starts to feel like a bomb is going to go off at any second. So it's right. um he does this in in Precinct 13 yes. as well. You yeah. get you get a, it, the lay of the land. A yeah. Bit before I yeah. which that movie is super underrated it's I, fantastic i didn't see assault Absolutely. on precinct 13 until much later uh-huh. um and then watching it now and having the affinity for halloween that i do sure. you see There's a lot of dna so there. much of yeah. the dna from assault on precinct 13 going into halloween which is the reason donald pleasance was in this because his daughter liked the score for assault on precinct yeah. 13 yeah. he was just like my wow. yeah, he's like he's like my daughter's in a rock band and she likes your music so i guess i'll do this movie <laughs> well i mean that that's the biggest get they could get for this Absolutely. other than i mean jamie lee curtis even though she was the daughter of two very famous people right. was an unknown Mm-hmm. You know, relatively cheap to get. So Donald Pleasance was the get for this movie. And only because Christopher Lee and I think... And Peter, Peter Cushing, Cushing turned it down. both turned it down. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, they both turned it down. So could you imagine Peter Cushing, like, Wild. doing the Loomis? Well, supposedly the, yeah. the reason that he didn't he didn't take it was because his, his agent was convinced that playing Grand Moff Tarkin was going to, like, revitalize his career. So he was like, he's offer only. Like, he's not going to come in and read for this. Like, wow. it was, yeah, it was wild. We get our our scene where you have um, Loomis and the, the, the gravekeeper mm. or the groundskeeper for the graveyard. Mm-hmm. And this whole lead up with this guy with the hacksaw. I want to know what happens. Oh yeah, I love that they they cut the story off, no end to it whatsoever, (laughs) and it's just forever gone again. I think it's like Egon drilling a hole in his head, right? (laughs) And I think what would be very smart of them is to kind of follow that up in one of these quote unquote sequels they're doing nowadays. At some point, you get the ending of that story from someone in one of that the new great. movies. That would McBride be great. Danny playing the gravekeeper. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be the part for him. Yeah. So. This guy had a fucking hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> so we're jumping all the way to the cemetery already? We we missed Linda and everybody. Totally. I couldn't remember if... Totally I, missed Linda. Totally. I couldn't remember if that was before or after the, the graveyard scene. Oh, no, dude. But, yeah, I mean... I love the the introduction to them, and they seem like they are good friends. And this is apparently where Deborah Hill came into mm. the production and the, the writing. So natural, yeah. And and that was her main part of this. Is she was kind of the the cheerleader for the girls, yeah, and and really kind of gave them their own thing to stand out in the movie. Um, I I just love their banter, I and mean, they sound like high school girls. But they're really mean to Lori. But they are really mean to Lori. Like, I mean, did you did you have your little click like that, Jenny, with all the girls? I don't know if I had a click. Like, uh, that doesn't. That as sound as right. someone who did, as someone who did theater in high click. school, I had a click with a bunch of mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really mean to her, and she's supposed to be their good friend, right? Well, I I don't I they do say a few they things bust her that chops. are mean, but it yeah it seems like they're yeah they're trying to get her out of her shell a little yeah. bit, but yeah. 
I know what well, you, you mean. You, we kind of have Linda, who is the the uh, the free spirit. Yeah. You know, kind of Cheer- like, hey, I want to sleep with whoever. Yeah, the the cheerleader. Yeah, and then Annie is kind of the free spirit, but her dad is the local sheriff, so she's that, you know, you know, it's kind of like the preacher's daughter thing where Clo- closet bad girl. The ki- yeah, the closet bad yeah. girl. She's smoking weed in the car, even though she runs into her dad yeah. later and stuff like that. So then you got the, the three of them like that. You know, the good one, the closet, and then the standard, which would become later in the '80s slashers, is the standard. You know, I guess slut of the group <laughs> is the best way to put it. Is it well, the best? I mean, I know it's, it's not very feminine, but that's what they would say in the 80s. So, she just wants you know, to Jason's express the slut of our group. sexuality. I am. <laughs> I am the slut of this group. Well, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> Did uh, So is this where Michael pops out behind the bush? Or is he just yeah. watching? Well, he, he drives by in the car yeah. first. Drives by in the car. That's they right. Kill speed it. kills. <laughs> I love the uh, like, and I, I'm not sure if this is the exact moment, but there, there there's some like handheld camera stuff that feels very like voyeuristic, yeah. like you know you're like watching these girls, and it especially makes with the heavy breathing. When I, yeah, yeah no, it's, <laughs> it's just like it's upsetting. <sighs> yeah, and it's broad daylight. You know, it, it's some of the creepiest parts of the film are broad daylight on the sidewalk. Absolutely, because yeah, that's the scene right after that is when uh, Annie and Lori are right. walking down and. They see him. He he is there. It's because straight up see him. This is is when you're supposed to feel safe. Is you know walking out out the day in the daylight where there's a bunch of people, and somehow I I think that's what the brilliant thing is about the first act of the movie is it makes this bright sunny sidewalk seem like the seediest place you could possibly be. Right. Absolutely. Then after that we run into the share her dad and we get one of the. best quotes in the movies i think and it's still people say it over and over again throughout mm-hmm. the halloween yeah. it's because remember he scares laurie she turns around bam right into the sheriff i wasn't trying to startle and, you <laughs> yeah ever it says everybody's entitled to one good scare and he's in from precinct 13 right yes yeah. yeah i don't know i can't remember he is reprising his role in the next halloween film also yeah. he's still kicking oh yeah ooh, that's very yeah. he's, he's got to be what 80 he's, yeah he's in his 80s so I like when they pick up Lori for, but this is one thing that I was confused. I was always confused about as a kid and even into my adult years. And I think we just figured it out. This, this watch, mm-hmm. I always felt like they drove so far away yeah. to get to this house where they're babysitting. Yeah. But it's obviously in the same neighborhood as the Myers house, which is in the same neighborhood as Lori's house. I think they were just driving around smoking. I think so yep, too. They're driving yeah. in circles. Yeah. yeah. And I it's girl time. I never yeah. really picked up on that yeah. before. I love that. And then you run it they run into their dad her dad yeah. again. Dude, her dad is busy yeah. man. Yeah. At the hardware well, you know, and everything. Lori's a good girl. She smokes a little pot. Yeah. I know. She's the best. She's genuinely the best. <laughs> She's not even your quantifiable like final girl because she breaks the rules. Yeah. That she's was... a re- she's a regular lady. <laughs> And I like that car too. Yeah, the red car nice with car. the red interior. Very no cool. way, Dad. W- and, no way, Dad wouldn't have smelt that in the car. Right. By the way, I mean he's he's uh, yeah he's the shittiest police <laughs> officer. <laughs> yeah, roll the window down. You know it's like woof. get this man a canine uh, unit sure, or something. Are you sure that no, I'm not gonna. I, I was about to mention a character in second movie. <laughs> I, uh, Jenny, I you know, talking about how they're mean to the girl and and you know you 
you're saying you relate when they, when she goes when they're talking about the the homecoming mm-hmm. and yeah like laurie i didn't know you think about stuff like that man that is bullshit everyone thinks about yeah. stuff like that i remember people saying stuff like that to me that were maybe like a little more outspoken yeah. about their uh you know their whatever romances and things as a kid uh-huh. and I was a little more shy and it's like, I hate that man. When somebody's yeah. like, I didn't know you think about stuff like, yeah, yeah. I'm completely asexual. I'm a, I'm a plant. Life, you know? <laughs> like yeah, for right. me, never think about it. My closest friends are the ones who like shit on me the most. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I, yeah. I will never get roasted worse than I will by like <laughs> my closest friends or my significant other. <laughs> Josh. Well, that's, I mean, that that's where Jenny's, aspect of this i mean nathan has a sister eric you, you don't have any brothers or sisters do right no, so i mean I no. you and you and jenny have the single child perspective of this but sure. like jenny didn't have the big brother or the uh-uh. big sister that would like pick on them to toughen like toughen their spirit up or whatnot so she gets <laughs> are you calling us weak no Josh? i'm not I mean? but i think it's what he said I think but Jenny, like, you haven't like, built any character fight! <laughs> <laughs> i feel attacked <laughs> And I'm not strong enough because I didn't have siblings to handle it. Well, you know, like I have a a fairly close work environment and they all grew up with siblings and they tease me mercilessly. And I'm like, I don't like it when you do that. You only take care of them. (laughs) They're like, but we do it because we love you. And I'm like, that doesn't compute. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the aspect of love tough language. love. Yeah. I buy presents when I love someone. <laughs> Please just give me food. And yeah. <laughs> why is why is a manhunt a bad idea? He he his, he says that it's going to spook him, but at the end we only catch him because there's a man yeah. Hunt, I really, think he right? didn't want to have. I think he didn't want to like have a bunch of cops out on the street during Halloween or yeah, something. I guess. Yeah. It's so weird living I mean, in a Loomis time. But Loomis seems to talk him out. <laughs> it's so weird to look back on a movie when a cop is like, no, we don't want to show excessive force. <laughs> 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 and living in Year of Our Lord 2020, we're like, wow, yeah. Sheriff Brackett's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so are we supposed to understand that Michael is the one that broke into the hardware store? Yeah, uh, yeah I believe so. Yeah. I f- well, knife, rope, and a mask. I feel like that's, I feel like that's <laughs> out of the time. I feel like that's out of the timeline, though, because you he obviously has the mask when Lori's walking to school. I think that's a. Mm-hmm. I think so. You think it happened earlier in the day, or do you think that's? So the hardware store alarm has been going off since off. eight o'clock that morning, you and they're just now getting to yeah. it at five o'clock in the afternoon. Did, was there an alarm, or was it just broken into? No, there was an alarm going no, off because alarm. it shuts off okay. during the conversation. I think I buy that. And he yells. This is too. a town. This is a town where nothing happens. So the alarm so was just going off for eight hours. I think so. <laughs> I mean, it's pro- it's not like a yeah. I mean, it could just it's literally an uh, like an audio alarm, yeah. just a ring. It's right? it's a bell like ringing, yeah. Like, because it's it, it's not ADT. It doesn't call right, ADT right. immediately, right? But it was fairly loud because they're shouting in the conversation in the car, and that's where you get the great the great joke with Annie. Is like. Hard living, living with a cynical father, and he goes, "What?" Right, goes, and he right shouts as, too because right as the yeah. bell cuts out, he shouts at her. Yeah. So we're to think that he got the mask from the heart. That's what because he yeah. says he stole a mask and a couple or um, some oh, mask, a mask and a couple a of knives. Yeah. Sorry guys, I didn't watch this. <laughs> it might have been a, a well because <laughs> I remember nothing. They, they, uh, I think they kind of address that in one of the later sequels. They go to the the general store, the hardware store. Yeah. And it's just it is kind of like a like a general story. It's not something that's yeah, super part. clear, but like in 
I mean, that was kind of a thing in like the 70s and 80s and even a little bit into the 90s where department stores would just randomly have like some kids shit like yeah. there. But the main thing is, is if people paid attention, the movie could have been over because here's Loomis mm-hmm. talking to the sheriff and yep. here's Michael using great turn signal and traffic <laughs> yeah. law and everything. Wonderful Pulling driving. up and driving right behind Loomis. Yeah, I love... I, right. <laughs> it took me a long time. Like as a kid, I'm not paying attention to that. But then as you get older and you start watching that scene, you are like, why are they lingering on him so long? Mm-hmm. And then you notice the car drive past him in the back. I didn't notice that until a very recent viewing. Yeah. Um, he doesn't even have a tent. Nope. No. To hide no. him. Yeah, he's literally around driving around in daylight with a mask on, just driving a stolen I car. I wish he was in a lowrider. He's <laughs> just got the like, hydraulics going. And Loomis is... Three-wheel like, motion. Yeah. Bam. And Loomis is just like, I don't uh, the, know where the, he is. He could have the... Yeah, he could have the lowrider with the, the score yeah. playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. But, you know, it's been 15 years, and... Not one single person has ever listened to Loomis. No, I mean, no. I would also. Well, maybe also he's kept him trigger. locked up till now. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Well, I mean, that's what's funny is later. I mean, we're getting to the point where but Loomis pulls out a gun because he's so distraught over this kid, and it's like the, the you're, he pulls it out in front of the sheriff. Hides so my the, sense of security. <laughs> the sheriff is not going. Like, that should be the first alarm is, okay, well, he really thinks a lot of this guy is enough to carry a fucking firearm with him, yeah. you know? Yeah, because that's when they go to back to the Myers house, which is pretty much about where mm-hmm. we're at anyway, where the, where the sheriff and Loomis goes to the house to go check it out. And the, that was it a piece of gutter hits the glass, and he pulls that gun out. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's already killed, right? He killed the nurse lady or the, the lady in the beginning. He... Right, Michael? She has? didn't die. Did, she, the gets the, she gets oh, she thrown out, die? but he has killed the mechanic and taken his... Uh, yeah. That's where he gets the overalls. overalls. From. The overalls. Okay. So I mean, he has killed and a dog. This time. He ate like... a dog. <laughs> well, that's where we get. It's in the house, and they go, "Is that a dog?" And they, he, that's and how he, you know this guy's a real asshole. Hungry. That was my. That's actually my note right here. It says Michael is the worst. He kills dogs. He sure does. He kills multiple dogs. <laughs> Nathan, can you come back for all our Donald Pleasance uh, sure. films? Yeah, when you guys do really? Escape from New York, uh, the one episode of Twilight Zone, you only live twice. Prince of Darkness. We need to do Prince of Darkness, and you can do that. Oh, one. we will do Prince that of Darkness, and you, so you need to come good. back for that one. I will. I can yeah. talk for hours about Prince of Darkness. You're coming okay. back for that one. We'll make sure. Wait, weren't we doing Fantastic Voyage, too? Because <laughs> you remember he was in that way before all this. Yeah. <laughs> so when they get to the yes. Myers house and they're walking through it, mm-hmm. is really like impeccable for like setting the tone of what this is all about. Yeah. And like Eric was saying earlier, like the absence of score through the walk through the house. And then you get the dialogue after the gutter um, comes through the window where you startle Loomis, he pulls the gun and then you start to get the story of his time with Michael. Why he's so scared. Yeah. So I got a clip of that that I'm going to play here. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I met him. Fifteen years ago, I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, of right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this how blind, the score comes pale, in halfway emotionless through. face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, 
and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. 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 Like, that. that is the shit. It's great. And yeah. he's so reserved in it too. He's not. He hasn't reached that point of like and, and absolute that, craziness. And that's he the just, thing is by like by like the fourth or fifth movie, he's like pulling a gun constantly, giving yeah. these speeches. I mean, that's like the. There's a lot wrong with Halloween Five, but what is great about it is just the continued heightening of yeah. Loomis's speeches. That's probably the craziest well, he's ever been in. Charlie yeah. Michael Myers is outside. <laughs> His his uh, his measure is is what makes you take him seriously yes. here too. You know, like he's you know that is so important to the film, the Loomis character selling Michael Myers as a threat, and I because otherwise he's just a and guy. I think that what helps in that regard is that at this point, Loomis doesn't know that any person has died. Right. You know, by that's like he's I mean, found the truck, but he doesn't see the body. Right. He, you see the body. There's a, a lot of heightening. Viewer. I mean, there's it can be argued that he's he's like at a at a 10 in Halloween, too. Yeah. But like at that point, he's found four bodies. In yeah. Counting. Well, that's what I'm going to get to when we get to Halloween, sure. too, is is the sudden shift. Yeah. In him and how it can be taken as him just going off hamming the rails as an actor yeah. and have hamming it up. But after you've seen the shit that he sees in this, after shooting a guy six times and then he gets up well, and walks thing. He doesn't away. know that Michael is, yeah. yeah, he doesn't know that Michael is basically superhuman. Uh, yeah. Like, superhuman uh, mm-hmm. yet at this I, point. So, I think that yeah. there's a, there's a certain amount of, it's the kind of performance you get out of someone who doesn't necessarily love the script. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he signed on kind of not really feeling the whole vibe of the production. It took him a little while to like, for him and Carpenter to get along, which is funny considering he goes on to like be the face of the franchise. Yeah. Like he is the champion until he passes away. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is like him having to find that for himself. Yeah. And there is just this, uh, he has this quiet intensity. Like he is trying to understand what's happening along with the character. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's an incredible performance. Yeah. I kind of pick up on that too. This time Mm -hmm. around is like, he, he doesn't even know what the extent of this evil is. Well, and, and you know, people who love the franchise like we do, like it's it's hard to imagine a a reference point for Sam Loomis kind of realizing what's happening because yeah. by by episode, you know, by the sixth movie, he's just like, you know, been fighting this evil for twenty, you know, mm-hmm. thirty years, and uh, it's just really great to see like the origin of that here, right? Um. So we move on from there to establishing the babysitters, the homes. Mm-hmm. Um, we we meet Lindsay, uh, who who um, what's her name? Lindsay Wallace. Lindsay Wallace. But who's the babysitter? Um, Annie. Oh, Annie. Annie. Yeah. Annie's, Annie's watching. Annie's babysitting like, Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay doesn't give a fuck. Lindsay yeah. just wants to watch fucking horror movies. Bro. I, like, I I I identify with her more than any other character yeah. in the movie. Like she, I think, I think before Winona Ryder, she was our like very first goth, like horror movie girl. <laughs> like, She's a Lindsay proto Wallace. Feruza Balk. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, they remade the crap. I bind you, Nancy. I bind you. We'll talk about that one at some point too. But I love that. She's just, you can't separate her from the TV. I She's watching the horror movies and, uh, 
you see Michael creeping outside watching Annie on the yeah. phone. Um, <laughs> He's a creeper. He is a creeper. But this is where we see him kill the dog, which yeah. really puts me on the bad side of mm-hmm. Michael Myers. But I don't even think Jason or Freddie have killed dogs, have they? No, and there's so Not many Jason. there's so many animals in so. the Friday movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we thought he killed. We thought a dog he killed Muffin in part yeah, two. Muffin right. lived. Yeah, Muffin lived. Yeah, it was then, a dead dog. But there was though, a dead right? dog. I mean, could, oh, you know, he throws that, that dog. dog through the window in the final chapter. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he that's throws uh, the, the. But we the we, we were talked about that in that episode. Like, does he throw the dog or does the dog just or jump out? Jump? Like, peace out. It is the weirdest shot in the movie. It is. I was losing it when y'all were talking about that because it is the scene that always sticks out. That and Crispin Glover's dance are like the two best things in that movie. No way. (laughs) But during all of this is when I really noticed a lot of major ADR going on in this movie. Like nowadays and and again, the heightened uh, senses in which we're we're watching it, like HDR Mm -hmm. and stuff. Like I really saw where the ADR was in this now, Mm -hmm. which I kind of hate that I know what that is and how to how to pinpoint it now Mm -hmm. because it ruins movies for me. But yeah, there's quite a bit of it going on here. Can we appreciate the song that Annie makes up? Oh, Paul, oh. I can no longer stall. Oh. No keys. Yeah. Please. Like with Carpenter, those shots, I mean, you don't see Michael's face, but you see him. He's shooting outside from like, hey, this guy's standing outside yeah. here watching you change clothes in the kitchen, watching, and then watches her go and do the laundry. And you always... And I, I'll admit, when I was a kid, I didn't see these. But when you go back, Michael's standing the in the whole background time. Yeah. almost all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And you have to look. It's either a shadow or you actually see the mask just hanging. Or like just the when sliver she's in the laundry room. The mask. Yeah. yeah. When she's in the laundry room, uh, the door closes. He's not there. And then when it shows her again, shows her, you look behind her, and he's yeah. standing right. inside the door. Jenny, that particular like, one, Jenny noticed this time around. She was like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. I'm, but, well, and then now I'm waiting for it every time, and it somehow is at a different point than I'm expecting it because Carpenter's so good at like yeah. making you expect things at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But that this movie is the reason why, like, when I watch a horror movie now, yeah. I'm constantly looking for something in the background. Yes, because of Carpenter instilling that in me in this movie. Well, especially if it's like an off-center shot. Yeah, um, I just watched oh, yeah. uh, a a film called uh, the. Not the Curse of La Llorona, but the the La Llorona, um, the Shutter exclusive that just yeah, came out. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's so many shots like that that are purposefully like a little bit off center, like kind of wasting like a side of mm-hmm. the screen, but it's because it's drawing you over to something else. Right, and it, I I think so much of that is done in this movie, maybe for the first time, maybe along with like uh, you know Black Christmas and stuff like that. Yeah. Did a little bit of that. Well, Black Christmas was just before this, I think. Four years. Yeah, yeah just yeah. before. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all of that establishing that is is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he's looking at her, when she spills the the butter or whatever it is on her shirt, okay. and he's watching her from that little patio door, and he knocks the plant mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I put in my notes, I was like, Michael got a boner and it hit the plant planter and knocked it off the. <laughs> I think he was just being a little he's like, oh shit. shit. <laughs> Well, he invented the whole thing. I heard a noise. Let's go outside. (laughs) I swear. I mean, that's how it is. Hey, we hear a noise. Every movie after this is like, hear a noise. Let's go upstairs. Let's go check it out outside. No. How about you just stay where you are and just be fine? 
<laughs> don't go outside because a dog's barking or a plant fell. Just leave it alone. We're yeah. good. And the entire laundry thing. Yes, I was just about to is say. It's all just a fake out. It's just the long, you think she's about to get it for like. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's like just goes and goes and goes. Also, who does their laundry at somebody else's house? I do. You do? Who puts on the parent right of the kid that they're uh, babysitting? She put on the kid's dad's dress yep. shirt. Yeah. That. <laughs> It's wild. Conveniently in the kitchen. Like, if I got home and, like, the babysitter was wearing my dress shirt and, like, nothing else, I'd be like, oh, this is... Boner town. <laughs> I'm about to say, you're like, well, the wife's still at the party. <laughs> oh. Damn, Jason. <laughs> Jesus. Jason, oh, I'm just saying. It's you really are the slut of the you group. You really are. <laughs> you really are a slut. I'm the, I'm the single guy of the group, so... <laughs> Red Linda. And I love when... Um, Paul totally. when Paul calls on the phone. Lindsay answers oh, yeah. and he says, whatever. He's go get go get Annie for me. And she just hangs up the phone on him. Mm-hmm. Like everything yeah. Lindsay does in this scene is 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 great cool. because she hangs up on on him. She goes and gets her out of the laundry room and she goes, Don't tell anybody about this. And as soon as the phone, phone rings, rings, she picks it up and she goes, She got stuck in the washroom. She'll be here right here. She's an Lindsay's icon. a badass bitch. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> But then again, and again, another shot. Annie's on the yeah. phone. Michael's standing right outside the yep. door, just standing there. I watching want a movie her. about Lindsay and the little brother from Teen Witch. <laughs> <gasps> They're the We're going to talk about Teen Witch at some yes. point, Nathan. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I know you don't. I love the shots from Laurie's house, not Laurie's house, but where she's yeah. at, across the street, and you, you know, you're the boys, you know, looking out the window, that yeah. kind of stuff. You're seeing Michael outside, just standing there. Yeah. Because that feels something you can relate to, looking out your window, looking at your neighbor's yeah. house. With the kids that it's have instilled there. in him like, that the know. boogeyman's coming for him and yeah. all that shit. Right. Yeah. yeah, and he gets threatened with punishment for telling the truth that he saw somebody across the street. Well, you need to stop. Or you're I believe go straight you, Straight to bed. <laughs> well, that's, it's not only that, but then when they work out the whole thing, when she's going to go see her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and they walk across the street, her and Lindsay go across the street over to where uh, Lori's uh, babysitting, and Michael just pops up from behind the car. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm just crouched here behind the car. You can't see right. me. I'm not here. <laughs> and he just stands Dude. right up as they walk by. Did you guys ever walk home in, in the dark, like from your friend's yes. house? Oh, yeah. And no. you feel kind of scared and like look over your shoulder kind of stuff? Because mm-hmm. I I get major vibes. I did that, that a lot Well, that's because of this. Specifically, which is like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, even older. Yeah, even older. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's a lot because of these movies, even as I was a teenager, you know, because you watch horror movies, you're scared. We all have some part of us, even though we could talk about, oh, I'm not scared, scared, but there's moments that scare us. Mm-hmm. But you go into that thing, that whole mind thing is like, all right, how many times have I seen Halloween? Where would the boogeyman be standing? Right. Oh, he's standing yeah. right out of frame over here. He's in the shadow of this tree. And you yeah. look as if a teenager. I'm walking home. I'm not walking right down the edge of a building where there's, no. there's about to be a turn. I'm going to leave a little space in yeah. case somebody's hanging out. <laughs> right. And it's, because, yeah. and, it, and, and it's because that's what it is. Michael Myers is telling you, hey, I, I could be out here. Pay attention. Okay. <laughs> that's what he's doing. Yeah. And uh, so Annie pawns off her, her ward. Yeah. Onto, onto Lori. <laughs> yeah, Lori will take her. Double what, the babysitting What duties. I love is that Lindsay is on board for Like, she's yeah. just like, I get it. You gotta go get some I wanna dick. go play with Tommy. Like, well, that's like, Lindsay, probably like, not like, the first understands time what's happening. It's so funny to me that she's yeah. just kind of like, okay, you're going to go see your boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes to all this effort 
that yeah. I, I feel bad that she doesn't get any. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it leads up to our first ma- like major character kill. Yeah. yeah. And back in when this first came out and watching it on VHS and whatnot, I always had a really hard time seeing what was going on in the car. But I love how they set that up with her singing her song, walking to the car, mm-hmm. the door's locked, she goes back for the keys, comes back, and the door's open. Like it is, Just it that is, little uh, subtle uh, part of it is... And the, yeah. And the windows are fogged yeah. up. They were clear when she went. Mm-hmm. Now they're fogged yeah, there's up. There's so much. There's so many times that John Carpenter like drags these scenes out because you're expecting the kill to happen three times before it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And this is in 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 '78. Yeah. You know, now we we're a much more informed audience, and we've seen we're ready this for fake out a thousand <laughs> yeah. times. But yeah, he was still not wanting to take it too too obvious. Yeah. And, and you know, give us a couple false you know, moments and then, and then hit us. You know, I think, and I go ahead. finish your thought here. It was a new thought, but I was going <laughs> to say, I, I love how he just chokes her out with his hands. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's just and a it, very like raw, you know, he just, you think of this kills. as a slasher, well, but he finishes her out with a knife. Yeah. That's what I was getting to is he, he actually he slits her, her throat with a knife. I, I always forget that. Yeah. If you're watching, like when that, when that, that other stinger of music hits, you can, barely see it if it's on like it's if it's not high def but it's now watching it like, yeah he reaches over and you can see it go across her right. neck and then in, in part two when you find when we find annie she's got her throat she's slit. i think one of them was annie yeah, yeah. but it, again <laughs> uh, then again it's, it's the carpenter thing through this whole movie it's what you don't see yeah. right the whole that's the this whole movie is what you don't see through everything that makes it even scarier <laughs> that's why the first texas chainsaw is so good yeah and I love the, the, the big synth blast when Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From there, we go back to Loomis at the house. And I've got a clip of this, too, because you can see the absolute joy in, in Loomis's face <laughs> fucking with these the kids. The bullies have arrived at the Myers house. Yeah. And they're, like, daring each other to, to go up to yeah. it. So you get the kids going up to the house. Chicken. <laughs> go ahead. So the kids turn away, and the shot of his face, that shit-eating grin <laughs> on Lewis's face. Okay. All right. Pause it right here, Josh. He's very I want to hear I, I want to hear, I, I hear Nathan do this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear Nathan's Loomis voice do that scene. <laughs> hey. Hey, Lonnie. Get your ass away from there. <laughs> Dead on. <laughs> Dead on. I like to imagine well that one of those kids is uh, Lori's like son-in-law from Halloween 2018. Well, the one who's mm. played by Artie from Adventures of Pete and Pete. Well, the, that's the <laughs> thing. Like Lon, I think Lonnie. Yeah, Lonnie is one of the kids there. Yeah, and Lonnie is the dad of the boyfriend. That's right. The the the, the Bonnie and Clyde boyfriend. So yeah. they, they're there. Like, it's, wow, what a useless character. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that they brought it back in too. Yeah. Like, but but that shows how much they thought about going into the putting the continuity, the original film in the yeah. con. At least somebody was thinking of continuity at this point because don't they don't you, later. I don't know what you mean. The series is <laughs> flawless. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, even right there, tight as a drum. <laughs> yeah, you get that that yeah. 
you get that shit eating grin from Loomis. He scared him, and then the sheriff scares the shit out of him. Yes. Walks right. up right behind him, and he's just like, "Oh, he's lucky, and Loomis." Yeah, he only gets a moment of happiness. <laughs> yeah, he knows he's armed. Loomis yeah. is trigger happy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry, sheriff. But even the even then, the sheriff's like, "I'm sorry. I think you're you're really wrong here." And he goes, "Well." Or no, it's like what? 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 You got to give me something else here. And he's like, "Well, what else do you need?" Like, <laughs> yeah, death has come to your little town, death sheriff. Has come to your little town, sheriff. Yeah, enough fancy talk. Sheriff. So I love that we cut back to the kids watching TV and they're watching the thing. Mm-hmm. Nice little. And and Carpenter uses the score from that movie in the background. Yes. Yeah. Effectively mm-hmm. in the movie as she's walking around and you've got that that tense music from the coming out of the television. And I think that might be the first nice... instance I've seen of something like that too where like the 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 movie the events of the film are playing off of what's happening on the television too. Even the dialogue there's like oh he's outside, you know, there, yeah. there's there's little moments of dialogue that seem to like right that meta there's like a meta Yeah, it informs what Tommy's on. scared yeah. of. Right. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And he's trying to scare Lindsay. So like he's so so he's he's now the bullier. He was being bullied mm-hmm. earlier. Now he's bullying Lindsay. She still takes it like a champ though, because even after all this shit goes down, he sees the boogeyman and all. The, but Lindsay's like, I believe you, Tommy. Oh my god, the look on Lori's <laughs> face where she's like, these fucking kids. Like, <laughs> like I like she has that little shrug and laugh. It's it's so good. I think you can see like, uh, um. Lori hitting the boiling point at that at that <laughs> yeah. moment because she's like, I'm watching this other fucking kid. Yeah, <laughs> I was covering for my friends who are next door, banging their brains out. I got to figure out what to say to Ben Tramer tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Little do we know, right? He's gonna speak. get blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Is, is, wait, is 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 he the, the the guy that she likes? Is the one in the mask? Yeah, yeah the one that gets. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Getting ahead of our It's such a good tie-in. It's so yep. it's so that's needlessly yeah. cruel. <laughs> that could, but and, is so brutally. <laughs> yeah. That could be something that they tie into the new movies too, though, because in, in that continuity, Ben Tramer's still alive. There's like a Ben Tramer scholarship yes. fund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he gets hit by four cars in Halloween Kills. <laughs> At a four-way stop, everybody just goes at the same time. <laughs> but, he has to, but he has to wear the knockoff Myers mask, yeah. too. The one with the, the white hair, hair and everything. Oh it looks God. The mask looks silver. So like, we're yeah. already into you part two, that. but the mask looks silver. You could buy that mask, too. The Ben Tramer. Halloween mask. You can buy that. That really tickled me. (laughs) But after this is when we lead up to Linda and Bob showing up at the house. Totally. Totally. All right. And I know Jenny's got to, I mean, we all have a problem with this. (laughs) This whole back and forth with Linda and Bob when they get up, talking about going inside. He says, well, I'm just going to rip your shirt off. He says, no, don't rip my shirt. Then I'm going to rip her. And then we're going to rip Lindsay's clothes off. Yeah, that's what fucking. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Went a little too far. Bob, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I even wrote here, pedo Bob. Pedo Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Pedo Bob. I think that's his credited as pedo Bob. What? what? He gets the point later, literally. I mean, uh, despite (laughs) his... Uh, unfortunate choice of words there. Yeah. Um, He's a comedy genius. 
Linda and Bob, Bob would are, like to apologize my for his... <laughs> yes. At least Linda sounds satisfied. Yes. <laughs> First oh, satisfied go. female in the horror movie. And she's also just like, go get me a beer. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> Linda is a boss bitch. Yeah. yeah. I love her so much. Totally. 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 All right. So how many times did she say it in this movie? I mean, I know. I, know. What do you, what do you guys I don't think? know. Uh, 17. Eric, you got to guess? Uh, close jenny you gonna guess because there's 20 because there's a there's a drinking game to this they say that when you're watching this you take a drink every time she says total she says it 11 11 times for her so he says i'll be right back doesn't he well no well who says i had the whole makeup out thing and then he goes to get yeah well he says but someone says i'll be right back i can't remember who, but i made a note of it what does he say before don't get dressed because i'll be back don't get dressed. I, I don't know if he says I'll uh, I'll be back or not, but I wrote I'll be right back in my notes. My name is I Bob and I like to throb. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he says. Don't get dressed. And we see how strong Michael is, right? Oh, he, dude. Oh, and he lifts him Just with the yeah. lifts that dude up. What? Yeah. With one hand and it, uh, that's up to this point we don't really know what he's capable well, of. Well, Bob deserved what he got because yeah. he's just drinking these people's beer and yeah. root, rooting through their p- cupboard and eating their food. Having dirty thoughts about Lindsay. And <laughs> this whole scene is one of my favorite scenes from the whole Absolutely. series because we get the, you see how strong Michael really is, stabs him through there, but then the, the pullback shot the tilt. of, it, yeah, oh, dude, I got chicken skin right now <laughs> the head the head tilt yeah. of him and they said that that was he ad-libbed that yeah. oh, uh very effective Nick castle he ad-libbed that whole thing of just where he's like i'm just gonna kind of look at what i just yeah there's here. an interesting story that nick castle tells about getting very little direction from john carpenter yeah. to the point where most oh, yeah. of his direction was just go to go from one marker to the other which kind of informed the sort of mechanical movements he makes yeah but that yes. head tilt I would say along with, you know, the sit-up at the end are the two most oh. iconic m- movements that yeah. Michael makes to the point where, mm-hmm. like, when Jason does it in a couple of the Friday movies, it feels, like, cheap. Yeah. It feels like it's aping Michael Myers, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, he also lifts... Jason also lifts people in pivot. That's true, too. but I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> but watch yourself, counselor. <laughs> Jason also kills people. Okay, well, this is too uh, much. <laughs> Jason also had a mom. <laughs> and then you get Michael's sense of well, humor to go back up. To well, go no, to I want to talk about a little prankster. No, the Bob scene, like, the physics of that do not make sense. No, not okay. at all. <laughs> Because there's no well, the one thing the knife would have to be three. Yeah, right. Really long knife. <laughs> so that's a knife. Now, and even if that were the case, the sheer body weight of his torso would make him fall over. So I love it. It is an iconic shot. Sure. I love the point of the shot, but the physics of it really bother me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But still, one of the probably the most iconic scene, yeah. like Nathan said, between that and they set up. Yeah. That's, there's that's the Michael Myers. Too there's so much of this movie that Definitely. feels built off of. Uh, tone more so than logic which yeah. is, i think is uh, a, a thing that this movie and parts of the second movie do to great effect is just it's it's more of like what a striking visual this is i can't imagine having to face this in person yeah a lot of carpenter absolutely like that, think, yeah too. there's yeah. a lot of christine that's like that 
Yeah, so he does. He wears the he he dresses up like a ghost. Yeah, Michael has a sense did of he, humor. Did he cut the holes in that sheet? I he had so. I think he had. What a little <laughs> scamp. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered if he took Bob's uh, costume or something, you know, grabbed a costume, or did he make that? I don't. Think I think the only thing he would have taken costume. from Bob was the glasses. Yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. made it. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if they were. Did he drink his I beer? If they were I designer sheets. The <laughs> There's not a lot of Michael doing that in the whole series, too. Like mm-hmm. this is like a a very peculiar it, it does moment. Feel at, unusual. Yeah. yeah, of him just doing something that doesn't isn't because he seems like such a force of nature correct yeah for Uh, sure which is why i was kind of cracking up at the driving too (laughs) you know it just seems like why would you drive around stalk these people why not just walk right at them and kill them yeah but i i yeah it is a great moment and a great visual of you know my knowing that that's (laughs) my girlfriend and i just recreated some of those pictures for uh halloween cards we like did a a halloween photo (laughs) shoot and i wore a uh uh well, she's not topless, but I wore. A, I was about I wore, to ask that. Like, wait, I wore a sheet what are we? With glasses on, uh, and I was just like, "Can I please put the glasses on the front so I look like Bob from or uh, Michael from Halloween?" She, yeah, it's a it's a striking visual, especially just that it's it's such a quick cut because it goes from her to showing him standing in the doorway. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's just uh, it's such a. It is it is specifically a shot designed to make you go, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah. Yeah. But I almost I almost find the fact that Michael can drive without any prior knowledge of driving more believable than that he would have a sense of humor to put a sheet over himself it, it doesn't, to go it, kill yeah. somebody. It especially doesn't jive with Michael as we come to know him in the rest of the series. Yeah. But for that first movie, it's such a it's such a fun sequence. Well we'll talk about it in part two, but I think they kind of pull the same little scenario. Mm. As this in part two, in one scene, and we'll talk about it when oh, we get to that. One. Okay. But um, Linda is not having it. I mean, she's she's there. She's ready she's, to go, and she, then she's, she's like, like, "If you haven't brought me a beer or more dick, like, yep. let's stop." <laughs> says, you see anything you I'm like? I'm calling Lori. This is going nowhere. I love her yeah. so much. <laughs> but, Linda we, does not suffer fools. <laughs> and we also get the the line, can't I get your ghost, Bob? Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> but then this is when the shit really starts to go down. Mm-hmm. We hear the phone call between her and Lori. Sure. I love that they set this up later, earlier in the movie, too, with Annie calling mm-hmm. and chewing. Mm-hmm. And then they do it again. And you, cut, you they were able to play off of that a little bit. That's yeah. very smart. Yep. You know, now I get your famous chewing. Now I get your famous squealing. Right. You know, and it just and to be completely truthful, it sounds more like an orgasm than someone being choked to death. That's what I was about to say. I mean, maybe Lori was like, "Damn, Bob's doing that to her. Maybe I should." Yeah, hit, I mean, I know, think that's hit Bob. You know what's so funny is that also implies that Linda's done that a ton to her, like just to be just a. <laughs> she's gotten the case of the God, fuck you around. Always call me. Mid <laughs> Why do you call me in the middle of coitus? Every single time. <laughs> and the best part is when the killing is over and then Michael picks the phone up and holds it up to his ear. Oh, yeah. That shot just makes me crack up because it's, I don't know why I find it yeah. so funny that Michael would hold the phone up to his ear like that. It's so, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. And there's, there isn't a, a single visual like it in the rest of the series right. to me. Maybe in Halloween three, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, that's that's not part of this series. I understand. 
The only thing I ever get the those two parts with another movie was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm your boyfriend now. Oh, the tongue. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Comes to the phone. <laughs> the tongue. Ah. So, I was waiting for Michael to do that. Come on, speak, man. Do something. So now we get the lead up of her walking over to the house and finding the bodies. Yeah. Um, Again, a oh, cla- well, you forgot Loomis saw the car before that. Remember, they go back to Loomis at the house, and he actually sees the car on the oh, street. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And see, I, me and Jenny yeah. were talking about this because I feel like Michael is a little bit of a prankster now because he he pulls up to the houses right where they're at when they get to the houses, and then yeah. he like that's the last time we see him in the car. Right. So he must have moved the car at some point during all of this. Yeah. And that's the other thing that had me confused is the neighborhood is them driving around so much. Loomis is literally close enough to see the car wherever Michael parked it. Oh, sure. Um, so, because so potentially, like Loomis could have seen Lori walking across the street to this house mm-hmm. and not known none the wiser that this is what was going on. Right. Just some, you know, onlooker at night you know, mm-hmm. watching somebody walk across the street. Yeah. Uh, and I like how it, dark the neighborhood is and how they're just the photography at all of it all. Uh, oh, yeah. Boy yeah, Dean Cundy. Uh, uh, you know, there's there's areas of complete blackness. Yeah. going across the so you it, it's like a a sea with islands of light basically, and you know you're you're just trying to get from one light area to the other, and he could be anywhere, that is one of Dean shadow, Cundy's you know? greatest strengths. Uh, if you look at a movie like uh, he shot Jurassic Park, yeah, and like the the way that they use flashes of light, particularly during like thunderstorms or something like that. He's so good at drawing your eye to exactly the spot that you need to look at. Yeah. Um, that's why those shots like, uh, Michael, you know, when he leaves the garage and he walks around the side of the house, yeah. uh, that shot is so terrifying. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talk about the one where he's carrying yes. Annie after he yeah. 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 Oh, that's, yeah. that was what I was about to bring up is how, how much of this Michael does in, Right out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. He's just it's because it's like Halloween. He's them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, it, it's the perfect setting for him to do what he needs to do. Again, Halloween 2018. That's why that scene on the street is so good. That yeah. long tracking shot. Oh, yeah. Because he's just walking freely in a town that should be scared of someone dressed exactly like that. Yeah. Like it is the one time when he's given free reign. <laughs> but yeah, we get Lori walks across the street to go check on. Annie and Linda and Bob and everybody else. Yeah. And so she knows her friends are pranksters. She thinks this is all a big prank and whatnot. But then when you get to the bedroom and you see Annie, mm. you know, laid out on the bed with the Judith Myers headstone, yeah. that is. And Michael's created like a tableau a art installation. Yeah. Yes, he's got a he's he's got a tableau set up. A, yeah. And and that is really like to the point where her her Bob hair is like splayed out, sort yeah. of like Judith's yeah. was. Um. Uh, I mean, again, this is like a this is a trope. That is created here. Yeah. Uh, think about every, I mean, you guys just watch so many movies that end with Jason having set up a bunch of people to suddenly fall out yeah. of somewhere. Bo- right. Body booby traps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially Bob, who was apparently just chilling in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to play the scene where she goes through the, she's already found Annie. Yeah. And um, this, this, in my opinion, is probably the greatest shot in this entire movie. Um, it's, oh, it's, yes. it's very visual. It's oh. going to be difficult to, to kind of go through on a podcast, I think, but we're still going to talk about it nonetheless. Um, but she's, she's found Annie. She's found Bob. She's found, um, Linda. And then you get this scene right here. 
Mm, where she's leaning against the doorway, and the, and you see Michael's face just in the shadow. It's so good. So now, like... That's my favorite moment in Halloween 2018 also, when they recreate that shot with, with Lori. With yeah. yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of that in that movie. Yeah. They recreate, like, it's all it's all vice versa with yeah. Lori taking Michael's spot. The last Michael's act spot. of that movie is perfect. It's good. Yeah. It is very good. It, 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 it suffers in other places. Yes, correct. I agree. So, but that, I mean. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but just that, that scene where his face comes into the light. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've seen all the, the behind the scenes where the way they had to shoot that. Like they couldn't, they had to gradually turn a light on to and get it to come on. Even, the, the craftsmanship is so sublime that somehow even in, in new HD releases of the film, it is still a perfect shot. Yeah. It still doesn't oh, tip yeah. its hand. Mm-hmm. It's it's un, it's impossible. When I bought the Blu-ray of Halloween, that was the first thing I wanted to know was how that shot yeah. looked. And it it's still perfect. Yeah. And I mean, that if, if, if anything about this movie is what made this movie stick with me, yeah. is that shot. Absolutely. Just because it is, it is the creepiest thing in this movie. Yeah. So, and looking at it now, with as such precision as he's had with murdering people so far, you think he could have just took her out right then and there. He goes for the shoulder. Now, I don't know if we're supposed to assume that she she zigged when he zagged and he missed and got her arm instead. Yeah, because she's a little off balance. It's like, you know, we, we could have had a very different ending to this. To yeah, work with. But the fact that she yeah. falls down the dam all the way down to yeah. the first floor and is able... There's a lot of that coming it's, through this and the next movie where yeah. it's just pure adrenaline moving yeah. moving her through this. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I think that she does scared so well. Oh, she's it's, unbelievable. It's a true scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's not like screaming at the top of your lungs and running around. She's pretty much paralyzed in some instances with fear at the sounds that she makes in particular are so effective. Even when she fights back, it is a moment of desperation. She's flailing. The fact that she manages to get a couple of hits in is lucky. And it's, it's played that way too. And this is, and this is where we really start to see where this superhuman aspect of Michael comes from. He starts punching through doors and and you know we've already kind of got a glimpse of it with Bob's kill, but then you know she gets that needle in the neck. She gets too. a mm-hmm. damn sewing needle right in the neck, and he just you know he of course we have the our yeah needle. the knitting needle, and uh, you know it's, it's our fake out, yeah. of course, but still like yeah. he he starts to take all this damage and he keeps coming back. Uh, but he he does this thing physically every time he gets hurt. That's sort of like a son of a bitch. Like he he seems yeah. annoyed. Yeah, it's not it's not necessarily hurt right what the way he yanks that needle out of his neck is just like come on like yes it i don't know it's it's like he's swatting out of the mosquito yeah Yeah. but he's you still get the 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 falling over and oh yeah playing possum uh and then you know she looks over the couch with the knife her hand like her biggest mistake was throwing this knife knife away twice Ice. Yes. She doesn't catch on too quickly. Yeah. That was the one time Fiamma I mean, was, my, my girlfriend was furious at the movie. She yeah. was just like, come on, bitch. Like, <laughs> I don't know that the knife would have stopped him. Right. Well, no. I guess you don't want him to have right. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
and she yeah and the and the the sit-up thing he does i just wanted to mention that apparently undertaker got that move from that movie <laughs> i was you know, actually the wondering where he that. Sits up? <laughs> i was actually I, I had to look it up i was like dude that's like what the undertaker yeah. does but apparently yeah uh undertaker got that from and that movie. move is so good that uh carpenter reuses it in his movie uh body bags also the anthology film yeah. the killer yeah. sits mm. up way in the background but he kind of looks a little doofier than because <laughs> it's lizzie <laughs> mcguire's dad <laughs> No. <laughs> well, that's the segment we need to get to. Is had Jason tried this, dude? Go try that. Just sitting the straight up. Like yeah. That. Oh yeah. Dude, even when I was a, well, even when I was a small kid and a lot thinner than I am Takes now, it you know how hard that is to do. <laughs> dude, I'm like, how do you? Well, sit yeah, up like you, that? you gotta have like a, a counterweight yep. on your legs. Man, to, it's, to you, like it's you, I mean, I don't even know how the Honestly, Undertaker did it. And the Undertaker does it. Michael Myers passed the presidential fitness challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, "Time for me to start killing." He gets my vote. <laughs> but, even before, but even before that, you know, she's up there fighting the, the famous closet scene. Yeah. With, you know, like Love he's the coming closet. in the closet. And I mean, she just like, what am I supposed to do? Let me grab this wire hanger, you yeah. know, and just. She's resourceful. She's of, yeah. She stabs yeah. him in the eye with a hanger and then it's him, good him, just to stab him. Yeah. Yeah. That little bitty hole in that right. mask. Yeah. <laughs> No right. one, which we find out later, she has really good aim twice. Oh, true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no one has a closet that empty though. That's true. <laughs> Maybe in the eighties or about, the seventies. She stabs him in the sternum, right? It's not like yeah, yes. stomach. So when he drops the knife, she's like, "How oh, hard like, does she have to shove to get it through his like, enough to have some force to pull it back out?" Bone. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 But then, like you said, when she gets out of the closet, she just throws the knife down right next to his hand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, look, hey, I'm gonna drop this right here just in case you might want to kill me. But later. I mean, she's in the same spot where Loomis would be right now. Is is this is just a guy, like, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, obviously Loomis thinks more than that, but you know, she's a teenager. That's why, that yeah, just a right. she's, You can't, you can't. All her friends are dead. I think, yeah. I think her. Yeah. I think all of her reactions are super understandable, and especially considering the fact how early this is in the genre. Yeah. It is one of those things where it's it's so hard to fault someone for not recognizing the tropes that it created. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Because yeah, what I have to this is when she sends Lindsay and Tommy running down the road. Yeah. Do as I Lindsay say. Do as I say. And that comes back up in the new and, one as well. The do H2O. as I say. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Tommy is so slow getting to the door. She's screaming, Tommy, get to the door, yeah. bud. Tommy, yeah. hurry up. <laughs> rewatch, I realized Tommy he is, is casual. Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> she should have been yelling for Lindsay. She would have been yeah, there. Halloween like 6 should have been about Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> like hunting down yeah. Michael Myers. But, uh, yeah, and you, then you get like, you know, she sends them out and she's sitting sure. there. And then like we get the, we get the setup. And then that slowly staggered walk where you're like, wow, is Michael actually wounded? Because he's staggering yeah. as he walks to her and then gets her out the door. And then we finally get to see Michael without a mask. Yeah. Adult. And I love that it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just the mask pull gets pulled off and you're expecting this big revelation, mm-hmm. but it's not. He just puts it back yeah. on and you keep going. And as soon as he gets that, on, he gets a bullet. Again, Boom. with the, you know, with the ambiguity, it's just like. Oh, that's not even a reveal. We're not even learning anything but right he's now. Also, he's also—he's not is. disfigured. I mean, he's got a fucked up eye. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah. He's just this. Right. He's just a dude, and I think that's somehow dude, s- yeah. so yeah. scary that he just looks like a regular guy. Yep. Um, he's not—he's not burned. He's not a mongoloid, no, as they call right. Jason. And yeah. he is just a normal guy. He's just evil incarnate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what—that's what's so great about it. 
And that's a different actor, yeah, that gets yeah. unmasked. It's, yeah, because they had Nick yeah. Castle doing the shape, but they didn't like Tony they didn't Moran. like the way he looked. They didn't right. like his face. He didn't look like a Michael Myers yeah. to John Carpenter. Well, they wanted like an angelic face, or yeah. they wanted like a handsome, regular looking guy. Yep. Yeah. Just just any normal Joe Schmo. Not an ugly yeah. guy. Was it Sorry, Tony yeah, Moran? Yeah. That's Tony Moran yeah. playing him. Yeah. But um and then you get Loomis saves the day, sh- shoots oh, him six man. times, falls out the off the balcony. And then, was it the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, in fact, it, it was. It was the the way he flails his arms when he gets shot, almost like he's shocked that it's happened. It, <laughs> I like it. It's always stuck with me. It's such a weird. And because visual. of you being a stage actor, I yeah. think that's why. Because that's what I picked up on this watch. Is it looks like when a stage actor would be reacting to a shot. It looks like it looks like that. it looks like when you go to like the stunt spectacular at a yeah <laughs> like yeah. Universal Studios or something. It's like, <laughs> like you know. but what's well, the, it's the like thing a, is after like the a part- compensation for not being able to. You're, yes. You can't act with your face, right? Yeah, so it's like an true. overcompensation. And that's every body. any movie would have someone be like, oh, like you know, yeah. just sort of like act with their whole body, and this guy literally has to because mm-hmm. he can't show shock. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like even after the first shot, and then you see Loomis come in the room, and he, even though Michael has been stabbed in the eye, stabbed in he's the chest, shot one, he's just standing there like, "What are you gonna yeah. do?" And then he starts shooting him, and he's doing the flailing part, and then falls off the balcony. Yeah. You know, but that's like the fact that he's just standing there like, you think this is going to stop yeah. me? That's what he's basically doing. But I, I, this, this watch made me have so much respect for the way they end this movie because oh my gosh. we're so, we're so desensitized to it now because we see all these movies that end on a downer, on a bleak cliffhanger, note, cliffhanger sort yeah. of stuff. But 1978 for a slasher movie, I mean, Black Christmas somewhat did it with the the call, you know, the mm-hmm. killers in the house. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they left you on a note of this guy's still out there. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, this isn't the to end the, of this. To the point where it shows you every location that you've seen in the film. Yeah. And tells oh, you, yes. like, without, without dialogue, tells you he could be in any one of these places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear his yeah. breathing. And you got the heavy uh, breathing going on throughout yep. the whole ending there. Oh, and, yep. You can hear his breath. And, you know, sequels weren't a big thing at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So when you left this movie. It's so ballsy. You left. Yeah, it was a really ballsy movie. Particularly move on from a filmmaker part. who didn't want to make a sequel. He yeah. just wanted to leave you uneasy. Yeah. It's it's a perfect ending. And, and growing up, watching these series and the way they've progressed and, and having a love for for that character. Absolutely. You get offended by what they tried to do moving forward. <laughs> as an adult now and looking back at what their ideas were as artists, as filmmakers, as producers, whatever writers, I can respect that they didn't want to go the Michael Michael Myers route and yeah. they wanted to do something different. Now, the reason they didn't and the reason there is Michael Myers today is why I love it, but I can only imagine how it could have been different if they actually would have stuck to John Carpenter's original vision to where he wanted to do this as sort of an anthology thing. Right. And not continue the Michael Myers story. Right. Um, we're going to get to that here in a minute with Halloween two. He did not want to make this movie at right. all. Like was, had no interest in he it. He didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he didn't direct, but I mean, he wrote and produced, but yeah. And what's funny, it's, we'll talk to, about it here in a minute, but there's, I think it's because he didn't want to do it. 
he actually kind of ruined the movie for the director. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely because there's some did. stuff he changed that he would not have done in his movie that he did in this one, and I think it was just like, well, I'm going to do it this way because I don't want it to be like my movie, my sure. my movie with my name right. on it, and it kind of ruins some of the Halloween for that. I'm excited to talk. But about they it. they kick that they kick that score in, and it ends the movie, and you get your credits roll after all of that. I mean, just a absolute just mind fuck of an ending for for that period of time. When when we saw it on the big screen together, yeah, there was there were a lot of younger viewers in the audience yeah. who were yeah. laughing mm-hmm. at a lot of that ending, the yeah. last act. And I wonder how much of it is just from not understanding that this was this was the creator of the thing you think is cliche. Yeah, it it just right. genuinely it's hard to look at it and not think about everything you saw after. Yeah, you know. Yeah, this is cliched because of. What you just because watched of, because yeah. of yeah. the template that this movie created. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Huh? Oh, yeah, I remember them when we were there watching you hear them laughing. I was like, I just really want to go up there and like Michael choke I them was out. So mad. <laughs> 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 All right, so we're moving on to Halloween Two that came out October thirtieth, nineteen eighty one, directed by Rick Rosenthal. Mm. Budget of two point five million. Box office of twenty five point five million. So it was a pretty decent turnaround. Yeah. It was released amongst the likes of The Evil Dead, Mommy Dearest, Ooh. My Dinner with Andre, The Hospital Massacre. Wow. Odd. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Shock Ooh. shock Treatment, the uh, quasi-sequel to Har- Rocky Horror Picture Show. There's also a hospital massacre in My Dinner with Andre, too. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> it's a weird week at the box office. <laughs> so let's do the trailer for Halloween 2. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 2. I love More the of the night he came home. Yeah. With the skull. Who is it? There was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason that wasn't even remotely human. <laughs> Kind of a joke. <laughs> I've been trick or treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> what does that mean, Sam? <laughs> right. So that's our opening <laughs> scene from this one. Is that you get a yeah. repl- replay of of what happened at the end of part one, plus a weird platform that Michael steps up onto. Yes, and falls off. Yes, it's absolutely yeah. noticeable that. He he yeah. he walks right off the top of the ledge and doesn't like he would he should have flipped over. It's like Peter Pan getting shot. Yeah. <laughs> so totally different grass. Totally different yeah. grass. Big impression. Yeah. Left and his so shape. I, I noticed that they they completely cut from the from the was it the boogeyman and all of that yes. stuff. They cut that out and it's just Loomis running out onto the lawn. Yeah. And. <laughs> This is where Loomis starts to go haywire. He is so extra. Yeah. He he sees the impression on the ground, finds the blood, and then the guy comes out. I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. <laughs> then we get the jazzed-up score my, my this time around. My favorite thing, though, is that he comes out and immediately tells this guy who has no idea what's going on, Tell the sheriff I shot him! Like, he's <laughs> just, like what do you fucking mean, tell the sheriff? <laughs> Tom, he's still on the loose. He's still on the loose. <laughs> uh, yeah, yo, you can tell you're squarely in the 80s because 
Carpenter has traded in the keyboard for like fucking like Genesis synth. Yes, it is so Dude, synth yeah, up this, this time around, and I yeah. hate it. I hate the way it sounds I, in this oh, movie. I hate that. Bing, ding, ding, yeah, bing, I don't bing, love it. Bing, it's bing, a little too staccato. <laughs> like it just feels yeah, very I like mean, it's, silent oh, movie it, sound. It's like it's in your head going ding 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 ding. That's ding, how ding, I felt right. about oh. the previous like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There's some stuff that I think does really well with it. Like the the new version of Laurie's theme has a couple of like interesting flourishes yeah. to it. But for the most part, he's like, look at all these cool fucking Casios I have. <laughs> right. <laughs> Going to town. I, th- I think J- John Carpenter really just tried to sabotage this movie at you every turn. So? It's like, I'm going to make this score sound just a little more annoying. Just like I said the last time. It's repeated so many times, sure. but you don't get tired of it. This time, it grates on me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The you know, the total tone change of the whole uh, keyboard synth sound that it, yeah. it's just it is it's aggravating after a while. I mean, I still love the score; it's an iconic score. But with the change in the tone, it's like the very first I can remember seeing. It, it's like, what happened? Something's different. Yeah. The music's the same, but it sounds. Do you different. think it's it's the fact that the movie felt? Do you think they felt like they had to compete with? everything that had tried to ride the wave of Halloween. So they had to have like a funkier score. They had to have more kills. They had to have more tits. Yeah. And like they had to have more. Like, yeah. But cause didn't at, at this point, did when they're two Friday the 13th, right, yeah. I think only yeah. part, I think only part one had been out at this oh, really? point. Um, but I knew, but I, but they knew part two was coming out cause we had part two in 81. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause they were one every year. So the story, so. the story behind this one is, is the producers, wanted John Carpenter to direct it mm-hmm. and he was signed on with them to do the fog. They were supposed to distribute the fog and all of that stuff. He went on and did the fog elsewhere, caused a bit of a legal battle between what they were doing. Right. So in order to settle the legal battle, they got him to do um, Halloween two, And he, he didn't have to direct, but he had to produce, he had to write. So, and even the stuff that he did, they still fought and fought and fought on. Um, they did not. They did not like the script that they got. They did not like that it was more bloody. They didn't like that it right. was, you know, going a completely different path. I actually have uh, um, a little clip here of one of the producers talking about what what made Halloween successful, and I think this kind of holds true to the entire thing. So oh, I'm play this real quick. Okay. Halloween One was born of that idea, and and my instructions to Carpenter has been reported many many times. Is was I don't want anyone to see any gore or violence or blood in the movie. Keep it to a minimum. I want it to be theater of the mind. I want people to supply the visual images. Oh, and wow. Carpenter understood that perfectly. And therein lies the success of Halloween. I, I thought. Yeah. I thought was that it, was the was it, like best thing you could have ever said sure. about that. Was that was that Mustafa? No, it was the it was Yerwin Ur, something or other. I can't I can't okay. remember his name. I just sounded like Mustafa, but yeah, I mean that man help these movies go along. It's I mean, he died a few so years ago. It's so wild to but... hear a producer that knows what they're, like, knows what they're talking about more yeah. than, like, the auteur director who's mm-hmm. just like, no, I get why this worked. <laughs> like, yeah. I wanted that again. Because usually they're just ready to get, you know, more money, get me whatever, whatever. we got to make it more bloody. we got to make it more gory. we got to do all this just to yeah. get, you know, he knew what worked. But You know they... what? Michael should take Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> Michael in the Bronx. Oh, we'll get there. But we... we t- but yeah, it was, we we touched ahead, on Dean Cundy, um, the the DP for Halloween, mm-hmm. um, kind of came up in the whole crew with John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, Tommy Lee Wallace, and all of them. He was making a big name for himself after Halloween because of the success, sure. and he, he was working with Spielberg to to shoot Poltergeist, 
when they said that he had to come back and shoot this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was like held by contract to do that. It wasn't even by contract. He said he felt like he owed it to John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Oh. And like he wanted to get back. Like it was kind of like the boys club. Like he wanted to get back with the club. By all accounts, Deborah Hill is the coolest. Yeah. Everything I've read from her and other people who've worked with her is just, we're just, it's nothing but she is looking out for every single aspect of production yeah. at all times. And and she wasn't even a producer when, when all this started. Right. Like, like Carpenter demanded her to be part of it right. because he was her, she was her writing, his writing partner mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So a lot of the success of Halloween really falls on not just John Carpenter, but mm-hmm. Deborah Hill. Deborah well. Hill. Um, Rest in peace. Yeah. Right. So, but... I love that he was the DP on this too because it makes it feel more coherent as piece. to like uh, yep. this is just the next night or this is the same night mm-hmm. just moving the story forward. I think he helps. It still keep it looks that good, way. Yeah. yeah. For for its faults, it still looks good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I really noticed this time how much they fell back on the first movie for a lot of things too because it opens with the tracking shot of Michael walking through the neighborhood. Right. He sees Loomis. I shot him six times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's sitting right in the alley. He's just like well, yeah. looking at Loomis. So hey, you're Loomis seeing right his there. point of view again to open the movie. And he goes into the, the Elrod's house and steals their right. their ham knife. A, a shot so good that they borrowed it for Halloween 2018. Yeah. 2018. yeah. And that's. We'll talk about. And Michael didn't kill them either. Well, well, There's a few right. times where he doesn't kill people in this movie that he runs right. into. And that's what we'll get into a little bit of the talk of the the now. I mean, we're Re- technically Requel. talking Halloween 2, so let's talk the new Halloween 2 yeah. a little bit. My biggest issue I have is that they just kind of give you a greatest hits of what happened sure. in the sequels up to when they decided to do their version. Right. Now, they do it well. It is still very creepy the way they shoot Michael and yep. the way they kind of turn the tables with Laurie and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely buy it as a sequel to part one. Yeah. But it, oh, it, it, it still feels like it's so know, indebted to the other ones. Yes. Yeah. Like there's things like that scene of him walking through the town is pretty much recreate, you know, that is a recreation of what we're seeing here. Right. Going in, getting the knife, you know, the stabbing the girl through the neck, all of that right. stuff. So that's really the biggest issue I have is, is it's really just rehashing things that we've already seen and calling itself something new. My biggest issue yeah. with Halloween too, it, this sequence is, uh, so she sees her knife missing, starts screaming. And then it goes to the girl next door who very casually is just like, he probably just started beating her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no problem. It's 1981. The husbands are beating wives every it's, day. It's okay. It's absurdly casual. <laughs> and she says, she says she's always picking on him. So he probably just got tired and started beating her. Yeah. <laughs> so so they sound a like a great couple. <laughs> yeah. She had Archie Bunker in, over know. here. But I, I like the way that it sets you up for the, for the teenager and the phone call. Cause sure. it's like, as you hear a girl got killed in Haddonfield and she's like, that's right down the street. Like you could tell, like this would be the you conversation. The yeah. Mm-hmm. This would be the conversation they would be having. Right. Well, this now. is the conversation we had about uh, Friday the 13th and stuff where people are on the same lake and we, and they don't know what the hell's going on. This is more, na- uh, yeah. more natural yeah. where obviously everyone would be calling each other. You know, you'd hear the sirens, mm-hmm. all that kind right. of stuff. Right. It's a small so, yeah, town. Everybody's I, I'm liking everybody. Stuff, honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. good. 
And then she's on the phone and Michael just walks in the front it's door. It's one of the most natural parts of the film. <laughs> it yeah. really is. So it's cool. the part that feels the most like John Carpenter's let's set the scene. Let's make everyone feel like this is a regular town because there's so many, there's so many moments in this movie where it does finally become that kind of uh heightened slasher world where everyone's yeah. just kind of oh. making bad decisions. <laughs> the biggest thing I noticed watching it this time is you really could cut out 30 minutes of this movie and not miss, not miss it at all. The thing that this movie does so well is um, it's something that I actually really love the second Nightmare on Elm Street movie for, mm -hmm. which is that this movie has a very hopeless tone. Like it's not, it's not fun, even though it is going for like a bigger body count and right. like crazier kills and weirder stuff happening, mm -hmm. big twists. This movie is, whereas the first one, you kind of get to get to know these characters. There's a little bit of like joking around and stuff, and then things start happening to them, happening to them. This whole movie is about how Loomis has failed to keep this from happening. Yeah. And so there is a, there oh, yeah. is a constant tension and desperation that like permeates this movie for yeah. all of its like kind of goofy tropey failings. There is a, there is a constant feeling of, uh, uh of hopelessness that like yeah. goes through this whole movie that I, I actually really yeah. respond to. I think it's actually Halloween's a better movie, but there's a lot of ways that this movie is more upsetting and scarier. True. And I think a lot of it sets back on Dr. Loomis, like you were just yeah. touching on. It's like the fact, you know, we saw him. He didn't, he just thought, and Michael was evil and he's a man. Yeah. He literally just put six bullets yeah. in him and he got up and walked away. And it's Loomis realizing I was right all this time. We're and fucked. And in a lot of ways, we're all This fucked. is the movie where Loomis becomes the star of the series. Yeah. Because Laurie yes. is kind of in the background for a lot of this, which I think is one of the problems with the, a lot of the stakes in the film. But, giving the script over to Donald Pleasance to kind of take you through his side of things. I feel like we learn more. We learn more about why he was so desperate in the first movie through this one. You know, there's, there's a, there's a little bit more depth to, to Loomis in this one, even though he is giving these like crazy monologues. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what a lot of people say, you know, he go, he goes off the rails in this one. Sure. He really starts to ham it up. But if you're looking at it in the context of what he just went through and what he just saw. He's just found conservatively five bodies. And, and seen, shot a guy six times and he walked away from it. Yeah. He probably would be at that point where like, I've told everyone and now we're And now this, we know we like, can't kill him? Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't you give him Thorazine when I said to? Right. So, I mean, it even comes in the, in the car when they're driving around looking and he's mm -hmm. just, he is so outlandish and, and the, he's... Loading the gun is put that thing away, and he. But he yeah. knows he knows what he's dealing with now, and he yeah. doesn't. He doesn't know how to deal with it. Is the thing. Well, that's why I love. Um, shoot, what's the sheriff's deputy and and the, the the one he's with for most of the film? Is it Logan or Warren? Logan, Logan. I think so. He's yeah. the one who goes. I think one of them was Annie. Yeah, but he's uh, he's so good, <laughs> and his his reactions to Loomis are so. Uh, perfectly organic because there's so much of the movie that is just him kind of being like, you really think that that's this yeah. bad? And he's just like, yes, I fucking keep telling you it is this bad. But that's the thing <laughs> is the sheriff was so, so quick to disregard. Absolutely. This guy steps in and is like, okay, I realize there's a situation now. What can I do to help you? Right. Um, that is so satisfying as a viewer. Oh, to not yeah. have another cop or the same sheriff or whatever 
come in and blocking Loomis from trying to do That is my favorite thing about Halloween 4 is that he says we're in danger and everyone's like all right let's get our fucking guns and like <laughs> yeah. go go find this guy like at this point that's one of the things that I think this movie really succeeds at is showing deepening some of the character relationships right the fact that all of the guys on the force know that Annie is so important to yeah. Sheriff Brack I mean they all they all know him or even when you know they all know her and they're you know, all just like, okay, let's listen to this guy now because now one of our own has died. Yeah, you know, or even you know, Lori. I mean, you're taking Lori to the hospital. Everybody sure. recognizes her. Yeah, she's the babysitter in town. Yeah, so it really gives a Jimmy's good sense got a of crush. Yeah, community. Yeah, of 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 these are just small town folks who all know each other. The, where this movie sings is in like the character stuff. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's when they try to play up, you know, play up the senses of what made. The, the reserve stuff from the first one. Yeah. And they try and heighten that. And this one is where it really loses some steam. Some steam. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I totally just jumped. Ahead. Oh, no, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, I mean, well, well, we get to where they go and they find, uh, I think they're bringing Lori out yeah. of the house. Yeah. And stuff like that. And then we find uh, one of the things I, that I thought was horrible about this, because I know Jamie Lee Curtis went on to do better <laughs> things after Halloween one, the wig dude. That wig she wears. Wig is bad. I don't mind yeah. it. It's freaking horrible. Oh, it's horrible. It's fine. <laughs> it's not fine, Jenny. It's, it's a, a bad horrible. wig. It's, it's covering up her prom night one hair. Here's my hot take. I was about to hot say. Take. Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> hot take. I think the wig's fine, too. It only I only notice it in a few scenes, but when I do, it's oh boy. I al- I also have wig yeah. gar, so I feel like I've done too much theater to not be like I have done too much theater to not be like oh that's some there's some awkward like hairline things happening right here. It's worse yeah, during the TV edit where there's a lot of scenes where they clearly just fucking put a fright wig on her and like her holding her on a bed. Like. Yeah, and then we meet our our two ambulance drivers that show up through the rest yes, of the movie. Sir. We get to meet. Uh, our good friend uh, Bud. <laughs> I know Jenny loves Bud. That's her favorite character. Yeah. Well, this is a good time to do our next segment. Almost famous. Yeah, I know that dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? That's so, my favorite sting. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so we've gotten through the first movie. We're introducing everybody in the second one. So and I think now is a good time to talk about our stars from the first onto this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis was a nobody at this time. I think PJ Souls had only done Carrie. It was Carrie seventy six. Carrie and Stripes. Yeah. Stripes. And um so I loved her in Stripes. Other than that, I mean Nancy Loomis, who played Annie, she yeah. was in Assault on Precinct thirteen. Yes. Uh, and was later in Halloween three. Oh yeah, yeah, she was yes. very Tom briefly. Tom Atkins' mm-hmm. wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I mean, Donald Pleasance was already a pretty well established actor at the he, time. Yeah, he'd been a Bond villain already. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you were talking on the Silver Linings play, uh, podcast about <laughs> yeah. how he has become so synonymous with Halloween, and everybody <laughs> is just like, nope. To uh, the point Blum, where Blumfeld. Yeah, like Blofeld. Yeah, Blofeld. To, the, to the point where, like, I mean, literally, Doctor Evil <laughs> is based off of Donald Pleasance's yeah. appearance in in You Only Live Twice. Yeah, but he's just so synonymous with that's true Halloween. That's, I mean, and that's where I discovered him. That's where I became a fan. But like, yeah, he's yeah, he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So in this one, so, so who are we going? Well, with I here? mean, in this, well, then in Halloween two, we've got Lance Guest, who I think you just brought up a minute ago. That's who I yeah. was going to go with. Last Starfighter. Yes, sir. And 
who honestly, what I recognize him from is Jaws for the Revenge. Yeah, <laughs> the best Jaws movie <laughs> ever, Before right? We get too far into Halloween too. I gotta say, PJ Souls, Rock and Roll High School. Oh the yeah, Ramones oh movie yes, is like one of my mm-hmm. all time faves. Yep, it's super goofy. <laughs> it is worth a watch, especially to see PJ Souls singing Ramon songs in a musical number. Like it's so <laughs> rad. She's so fun in it. But the one that I'm the one that I found in all of these yeah. is Jeffrey Kramer. Huh. Who who yeah. is the deputy from Jaws. Deputy Jaws. Hendrix from Jaws, the guy who finds the body at the beginning of Jaws. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Jaws one and two. That. So that, that's that's the one that I found that was very like, oh, that guy. Who you got, Jenny? I, I honestly don't know for this because I didn't see this when these actors were doing a lot of things can i I give you one sure (laughs) the uh the cameraman in the background in halloween 2 is dana carvey whoa i saw that i saw Uh, that in the he's wearing wearing a blue a blue a blue ball cap he's just sitting no no speaking part he's just there i saw that in the title card or the the cast list at the end i was like the dana carvey he's playing as the same characters in master of disguise What do you got, Eric? Who you got for almost famous? Uh, Josh. Josh named all mine already. So. I I have one yeah, more. I, I I didn't have too much. And Nathan's got one. Uh, okay. Leo Rossi, who plays Bud, in yeah. uh, he was in the accused. He was yeah. He was also in. He is in a movie. He's in Maniac Cop Two. The cop. Two. Yeah, and he yep. plays like the secondary antagonist of the movie, who's like this kind of son of Sam style killer, but he's got this big old like charlie manson beard and hair and all, like all, all of his dialogue is just stuff like man i know the truth you're gonna get him like <laughs> well, i know we're charged by the lord to do this like he's he's really fun yeah um, and he's also been in like i think he was two different characters on 21 jump street like he's done he did a ton of tv in the 80s but i i just every time he pops up in something i'm just like oh it's yeah it's bud well he has this well go ahead jason go ahead well, I was going to say that uh, another character that well we don't he doesn't have any yeah. speaking parts is actually Nick, Nick Castle. He went on to do yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Like let's see, he was in also the Halloween, the new Halloween. He's also going to be in Halloween, but he also directed the last Starfighter, Major yeah. Pain, and he wrote helped write Escape from New York. And the lead character in The Fog is named after him, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I believe he had uh, like a co-writing or some kind of writing in the uh, Hook. Oh, how about huh. that? Robin Williams. I was like, this man went on to do a lot more than just be a guy walking around in a white mask. And it's, (laughs) and it's funny that you just brought that up, Eric, that Cundy did, uh, Dean Cundy was the the DP on hook. Um, he like, even though he passed, you know, passed on working with Spielberg here, he went on to do a lot with Spielberg. Yeah. So it wasn't like this lost him the shot, but I, I did find it pretty interesting that poltergeist probably could have looked a lot different Mm -hmm. if, Dean Cundy would have been part of that. So, but yeah, still a great movie. Yeah. Absolutely. So we mentioned Bud, and there is a particular scene with Bud that I kind of want to play. A He's clip a little from. songwriter. He is a little songwriter. Now, hey, we're jumping way well, ahead now. Well, yeah, a little bit, but I just since we're talking about him, I figured it'd be a great spot for it. So, <laughs> check out Bud here. Jenny's favorite song. Come sit on my face. Don't make me cry. I need your pie. Why don't you just shut up? (laughs) 
<laughs> Good one, Jimmy. At Shut least up. he's a generous lover. Yeah. I mean. Gums it on my face. <laughs> my face. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that it's much like they had Jamie Lee Curtis and, and Annie uh, Nancy makeup Loomis' songs. character makeup songs. Same thing with him. They couldn't use anything that yeah. they couldn't pay for the rights for. But they're like, well, Amazing Grace is 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 commonplace or whatever. What if he'd been like, oh, she'll be sitting on my face when she comes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cease and desist. It should be noted, Rick Rosenthal also directed Halloween Resurrection. Yes, he did. So... Let's not <laughs> need the Rosenthal cut on this. No, let's no Busta Rhymes, no Tyra Banks. So Eric, I, I know you're no. a fairly newcomer to like the 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 horror series and whatnot. Have you seen any of the other Halloweens other than the the newest one and these? No, I've seen the newest one and these two. Oh wow! So, yeah. so when we do four, five, yeah, I, six, I had actually seen, I had actually seen the TV version of two at, at a young. There's grade. some yeah. cool stuff like, in uh, that, uh, and I remember. Yeah, I really remember her getting chased with the scalpel. Yeah. And that really freaked me out as a kid. I still don't like anything a scalpel in a movie gives me Absolutely. Same here. I'm sure. I can't can't do medical shit in movies or anything with an Achilles tendon. Speaking of medical. Pet Cemetery, man, with Gage and the Achilles tendon. The uh, hospital. Oh, they ahead, do sorry. real shots and at the shot at the hospital. Yeah. Dude, I had that in my notes. That is a real that's gotta be real. What are we talking about? Yeah. The needles. The needles. Oh yeah. Where they're giving her a shot and the check her blood that I'm blood pretty type. sure is real. Yeah, yeah. They do two needle shots and they're yeah, both two needle yeah. shots, sure. And and I don't like needles either. Oof, so no. And the drunk. Like, and you got a drunk doctor yeah. coming from the Halloween. I love party. that they're yeah. talking. He came from the country club. I think he's drunk. Doctor Mixter, Mixter also has just been at a mixer. There's so many moments in this where they are shouting names over and yeah. over and over again. It drives me insane. Oh, especially like, the security guard yeah. when he's like checking the breakers. Yeah, Garrett. Garrett. Mr. Garrett. Mr. Garrett. Oh my God, so bad. <laughs> and then you know the the nurse at the end is looking for Lori, so she's Lori, Lori. Right. It's, it's, it's even worse in the in the TV edit. There's yeah. a ton of extra, just like yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> but the thing is, and I, the one thing we bring this up in another episode, we were talking about just places, the hospital where nobody yeah. is. Yeah. A hospital yeah, on Halloween hospital. night, and I mean, I know we all know people who are nurses and stuff like that. Talk about Halloween night is usually one of the busiest days yeah. of any hospital, especially if it's, it's a, a small town. And here we are. And I live in a small town, and there's cars outside the whole entire <laughs> right. time at the hospital. There, There's literally the nurses we see and Michael Myers at the hospital. That's all we have. Yeah. yeah it, and the whole <laughs> hospital. Real hospital bodies, and yeah. The second Michael walked in, someone would be like, motherfucker, I've been here for three hours. <laughs> like, you can't just walk back there. <laughs> I don't care about your gunshot you wounds. Yeah. <laughs> it's your raggedy ass overalls. But at least they do try to establish the fact that it is a working hospital with the kid with the fucking razor in his mouth. Oh. That's dude. Oh, that is that is that what is that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's got a razor blade and, in his and, mouth. And I'm glad uh, I'm glad you said that with a question mark it's because just unsettling. Because when I was a kid and up until probably very recently, I always like with watching it on VHS and DVD and all that stuff, I thought he had an ice cube in his mouth. Like when I was a kid, I thought it was an I ice cube. Thought, really? Yeah, if you You thought an ice cube I thought it was the those uh, Dracula teeth sideways. <laughs> you know, like you get the Dracula teeth. Well, what it I is, he was like a war boy from Fury Road and just had spray painted himself. Yeah. 
Okay, we won't we well, won't start the discussion on um, Fury Road now because that's going to be an interesting podcast. I understand. Yeah. But uh, the, the the thing is, like, I never noticed that either as a kid. Uh, kid but it, they're trying to play on that whole Halloween thing of like don't yeah. eat your candy yeah. to your parents. But it check, also check it. It stuff. makes Haddonfield a way more awful place than you would think it was from the first movie right yes who's putting razor blades and apples and candy you know but yeah yeah eric i was confused on that for a long time and then this time lonnie lamb's dad was doing it (laughs) probably so (laughs) but i i noticed it a few watches before this one but i even pointed it out to jenny this time and if you look at a specific moment yeah you can see like the razor blade sticking between his yeah it's yeah you can even read the writing on his mouth because of it yeah yeah and then I love when they come out and the mom's like, oh, it's okay. We're going to go home. We're going to play some games. It's like, bitch, I just swallowed a fucking razor blade. Yeah. Like, give me a Valium. <laughs> I need some painkillers. Pitfall and isn't going to fix sleep. this. Right. Like, come on, man. I, but we, we get the establishment of all of the nurses yeah. in the hospital, which some. Oh, we go, go ahead. We miss Ben Tramer dying. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we briefly talked on he that. Was, but we, yeah, when yeah. you got Loomis and, and the sheriff bracket in the car driving around looking for Michael, he sees a figure off to the side and he sees the mask, yeah. which looks very similar except that it's silver with white hair. Right. I, I could see where he could make the, the common mistake. But yeah, that whole sequence is he could shoot him. Like he's already shot him six times. So yeah. why wouldn't he start shooting as soon as he saw him? It's so crazy that those cars were full of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where this movie stops feeling like a reality, yeah, like the yeah. first film, and really starts feeling like a Hollywood piece. Kooky. Yeah, like, yeah. We got big <laughs> exploding van blood. But I do yeah. think they're smart to set it up that 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 was Ben Tramer. Like you have the kids that come along yeah. later, and they they talk to talk uh, uh, Sheriff Warren or whatever his yeah. name is, and they're in yeah, and home. they're like, you know, Ben Tramer was real drunk and he was wearing the stupid mask. Like they're smart about the way they do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time I think I'd ever noticed that. Yeah. Jenny was like, is, did they just say Ben Tramer? <laughs> like, yeah. And I think it's because we watch them so close to one another this time. Yeah, like yeah. if you watch them separate from what it's easy to lose something like that. Sure. But, but yeah, oh. I mean, yeah, it took me years to realize that over time you're like, wait, Ben Tramer. Oh, crap. The date she was supposed to right. go out with. He's, he got fried yeah. for Chris. But when the car hits him, it like it, it kills him over the hood of the car, over. and he folds over the hood yeah. of the car, and then they slam into the, the ambulance or whatever it is. Right. And then when they cut back to him burning, he's standing straight up like Bob was in the first movie. Yeah. And I thought that was just kind of weird because when they cut away from that shot, when he hits, he's laying on the hood. And then when you go back to him, he's standing straight up. I think that's just the fumes yeah. from the fire but inflating him. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, the, the, the muscles are contracting as they burn in his back. Like pulling yeah, up. that's why Freddy's always standing straight up. Yeah, and what's funny is uh, the guy driving the cop car that was actually uh, played by Dick Warlock. That was his only Which, part of the movie when he wasn't Michael. He got to kill the fake. Yeah. Michael. Can we be real? That's the best fucking name of all time. Dick Warlock. Dick yeah. Warlock. <laughs> Dick Warlock. Who also plays one of the androids in Halloween Three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Dick Warlock for a minute because <laughs> let's fucking. I just it. want to keep saying his name. Yeah. Uh, how do Dick we feel Warlock. about his portrayal of the shape in this? Okay, hot take. Hot take. 
right. Hot interesting. Um, I think maybe better than Nick Castle. Ooh. There's something about the way, there's something about the, uh, the way he moves that is so, um, it's almost like he glides through scenes. Yeah. Nick Castle has a very, I like the mechanical kind of like, uh, feel that he has, but there's something almost ethereal about the way Dick yeah. Warlock moves. Mm-hmm. And, he has, like, he's, he stands at such... There's something ethereal about the way Dick was. <laughs> There's something... Quote of the... That is my uh, new porn just, name if I get into porn. You Dick know, Warlock. the way he just slides into scenes. <laughs> exactly. That sounds like it would be the like lyric it. to a song or something. <laughs> yeah. By Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> Big one! Yeah, I, I'll... With, with Nathan's hot take, I mean, me... I'm such a big fan. Of, I mean, I I like yeah. Nick Castle and Dick Warlock. There, but they, I've read interviews with Dick Warlock, and he says he took what he didn't want to really mess up anything yeah. that Nick Castle had done because that's what he said. I took the whole head tilt, the way he moved, and everything, and, just, and then he kind of went and did it on his own. But he wanted to not take away from anything that Nick Castle did. Right, and I, I think there's he wanted to he did a great it, job and also slide into the room like risky business. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> He he. Well, I think there's a lot of discovery that happened on the set of the first Halloween, yeah. and like that yes. can't be. I don't want to take anything away from like how they created that character, but I think that there's a little bit of an evolution of what uh, Nick Castle did yeah. in the first film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a there's a lot of like because they went into this first movie kind of experimenting, playing with different ideas. And then the second movie is straight up like he is an unstoppable force. Yeah. And so there's almost, um, there's something empty about Nick Castle's performance, which I think works really well for making mm-hmm. the character scary. But there's also something sort of, uh, there's a confidence to Dick Warlock's performance. Yeah. Because he, he's kind of standing at attention. Sure. When he's walking. Yeah. And always looking oh, yeah. straight forward. Yes. Almost like, you know, like he has, it's just, I'm zeroing in on what I'm going for. And that's that. It's where Keaton Nick Castle kind of, it's I'm not kidding. <laughs> it is, it is like, you know, full body movements. You yeah. know, there's something kind of fascinating about right. it. Yeah. I was going to say, and, the, the, uh, and they use the same mask, but I never thought it was, but they said it, it is just the same mask. Head just the way different. it fits yeah. him. It fits his head and, and the yeah. lighting. Yeah. The little bit of the, the lighting was different, and they they said, but it is the same mask. And I always thought and it was maybe a it's situational. One, maybe it's because we see Michael do very different things than this one. There's just yeah. something about him <laughs> yeah. that's like a lot scarier to me. And I I kind of like the way the mask looks in this. Like it yeah, it looks like it looks yeah. like he's been mussed up a little bit. Yeah, been wearing it all night and gone through some shit in yeah. it, and it just looks you know we've all worn. been to those parties. <laughs> <laughs> Here's where I really have a big problem with this movie sure. is the all the introduction of Lori being the sister. Yeah. It, I'm I'm not crazy about it. I understand that's where it took the franchise from here. Yeah. But again, I'm kind of like with an adult mind looking at it now as we probably could have had something a lot more substantial or it's like Empire. Kind of, yeah, like it's retrofitting. I mean, it yeah. it, it feels yeah. hacky in retrospect. Right. Yeah. And and even when you're watching the movie, the scenes where they're establishing all of this for you seem very unnecessary. Sure. Like the whole scene where they go to the 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 kindergarten or the the preschool preschool or whatever. Like 
And they talk about Sam Hain and all that and try and start it's to... not us- how it's pronounced, by the way. <laughs> it's it's Sawin. But I think all that, that whole scene is just yeah. very pointless. Like, it, you could take it out of the movie and it really it is, wouldn't... But, even- the, but Pleasance commits to it so hard. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I mean he's like he he knows all about a file. Sam Hain yeah. and everything. <laughs> I love that there's an actual file. They're like, this is a file that even though you've been working with this guy forever, you haven't seen. <laughs> it is you know? it is real. It is the it's the here's the new information. Retconning. It's the somehow Palpatine returned of the Halloween franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but it is literally like yeah. we just found out that that he had a sister. But but Pleasance plays he plays it like. Wait a minute! I didn't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> like he didn't even know about it in the script well, until they laid it on. It's him. also it, it, Marion is definitely given a character upgrade between films yeah. because she oh, is yeah. clearly meant to be like just there for like had to be his gopher in mm-hmm. the first movie, and in the second one she's like, "I've been talking to the board." And I was like, <laughs> you you talked to the board, okay? <laughs> like, and I and even Pleasance, like the way he plays it, he's she comes in and she's like Doctor Loomis, and he's like. Oh, I didn't recognize you. Oh, I didn't recognize you. Oh, hi, Johnny. I didn't know it was you. (laughs) Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) It never bugged me as much as a kid because I, like I said, I saw these out of order. So I watched the first one. Then I watched the fourth one. And so I was just like, oh, at this point, it's a bygone conclusion that they're related. And somehow it just never felt, until I started watching them in order, that's when it kind of feels like, oh, this is clearly, I mean, John Carpenter has said he wrote the movie while drinking a 12 pack or something yeah. like that. He's like, he's like, I was just like, I don't know. Yeah, he's Cause so he's funny, like, the dude. movie's such a, it has such a thin story. The first mm-hmm. one, not to take anything away from it, but right. the point is that it's pointless. Yeah. You know, that and he said he attack. thought he had done everything he could do. Yeah. With he's that. like, what yeah. else can I do with this premise other than just sending him after her somewhere else, which yeah. was originally the other idea was it'll be in a high rise. Or I whatever. know. Boil someone in a hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because even more than this, like uh, now they had now was it she's in the hospital she's sedated and she's having dreams about visiting her brother in a right. hospital that it talking I'm like okay and then where, we also where? find out that yeah. she was adopted because her parents died two years later after Michael was committed and all that right where are her parents they're dead white the Strodes no, no, her oh yeah the Strodes yeah that's right they keep trying to call them remember they were at the right. same party as the doctor and they can't get right. a hold of yeah them. I mean what. They're at the people? party from Hocus Pocus. <laughs> the whole town knows yeah, about this They shit. can't There's stop no dancing. Phones, they're, they're in a trance. So. Right. They're in a trance. Well, here at the Hocus Pocus. Here's where party. it comes into continuity again. Uh, continuity. Continuity. Mm. Now, God I like damn continuity. It, um, <laughs> that's gonna become a running theme. Uh, is is the continuity is like all this happened in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So we're meant to believe that between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. is when yeah. the first movie took place. So everything here is from 9 p.m. on. What we needed yeah. is Jack Bauer reminding us of how much time <laughs> <laughs> We need a timer yeah. at the bottom of yeah. the screen. So this takes we need to place be cutting to the parents at the party. 9 like, p.m. and 10 and p.m. It takes place in real time. Yeah, because at 11, when it goes from 11.59, October 31st, yeah. to 12 o'clock, November 1st, Michael just turns it out. pumpkin. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm out. See you. you all survive until next yeah. Halloween. I'll see y'all later. But I, I, Game I over. think you know a lot of this comes from us watching these as as kids yeah. and, and younger. It, it, we we needed some sort of something to move that along for us. Uh-huh. At that time, I remember seeing movies that I hated back then that I love now with ambiguity mm-hmm. and 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 how 
they were uh, downers of endings. Whereas a kid, when I would watch stuff like that, I didn't like it or respect it because sure. it didn't tell me what I needed to know to understand it. I think that's why we're so apt to take this and where this went from here uh-huh. on is because we, we watched it as kids and that's just how we understood it. Whereas now, knowing what I know about how the original art was intended to be, it shouldn't have gone the way it did, but right. it did. You know what I mean? So it's a it's an odd thing because I I run into this a lot writing. Uh, I write comic book reviews and stuff like that mm-hmm. for for AIPT, and the uh, it it is. I have these moments where I'm like, man, I wish I could just read or watch something without a critical eye, and it's very yeah. difficult. It's hard, it's hard to do. now. Yeah. Um, even in music, it's hard. It's hard to listen to something and not be critical of the production. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's so hard to do. So, yeah. I mean, I drive down the street and I'm my, analyzing every sign and logo I see. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that makes. I sense. mean, even even with. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Jenny does the same thing. Like, oh, I could have. Our company could have done that so much better. What kind of stuff are they using well, over it's there? More like, shirts. I can't and... believe this costs this much because I know that it only costs like $3 yeah. to make. Exactly. <laughs> oh, don't let your boss hear this one. <laughs> <laughs> Hope not a listener. Don't worry. She's never seen Halloween or Halloween, too. <laughs> she grew up very differently than I did, even though I didn't see these till but- later. Well, are we following the timeline of the movie? Or are we just uh, hitting this one off and on through well, the whole I mean, thing? This one kind of goes a little all over the place, so I don't see a problem with us going right. all over the place. Uh, I mean, th- what really is showcased here is just picking off people. I mean, there's... Yeah. I like how Bud, Bud finally gets his for his nice uh, remarks earlier in the movie. Yeah, I mean... The hot tub. He, he gives uh, the, the nurse a good scare. Can we talk about the how fucking gross his fingers are when she starts sucking on him <laughs> oh dude yeah i have that i have it in my notes it's like the, the chewing the chewing yeah. on michael's hand well, <laughs> remember he ate a dog earlier too so he ripped that dog apart with his face. <laughs> he's got dog hands well <laughs> oh bud your hands are a little it, it's like why does it smell musky what, what does it smell like is that? Is that poodle hair <laughs> it's like poodle hair what well this is where i think they're they're Kind of giving us a rehash of uh, yeah. Annie's death, or not Annie, um, Linda's death, mm. is the whole. You know, he's not wearing a sheet over him, but he's coming in behind her, mm-hmm. kind of faking her out a little bit with putting the hand on the shoulder. Right. Um. But he is a little bit of a stinker in these uh, first two. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> he does. Little, he a has stinker. a sense of humor yeah. every yeah. now. And. So. Is she, is she just dying from the shock of being dunked into this over and over again? Or is she drowning? Like I think I it's think, a combination of drowning and scalding. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> that uh, that that sequence is the one that stuck with me the most. Actually, it's the I think it's the hardest kill to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. There there is yes there is a, like after after he pulls her out for the last yeah. time and he kind of just like throws her throws oh her body and it just it it is unsettling. it's, it's, it's not like too because like yeah, and especially yeah. Yeah, because exactly. like bud gets a relatively uh just nice little strangling old school death yeah he gets a more dignified death scene and it's a it's a very odd thing for michael to then because you you do get the feeling that he's a little more of a sexual deviant in these first two movies especially yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, even in the beginning, he kills his sister, yeah. who was... 
So I, it does seem like he's more focused on women and punishing women for whatever right. Reason, and it's a and it's right? a it's a in a way that's more uh, aggressive than you know because we think of Jason Voorhees as kind of the more aggressive of the two, but Jason is almost activated by sexuality to the point where it's like a it's a running gag in the movies mm-hmm. to the yeah. point where by the time you reach Jason X. He's waking up because he senses people having sex. <laughs> That's the implication. Yeah. Uh, it goes, is that sex <laughs> <us now?" laughs> Jason Voorhees was in Marcy Playground. <laughs> oh my God, I was just that. <laughs> but, so like sex and yeah. killing. Uh, but, J- but Michael, it's almost like he does have this weird unspoken need to punish. It's, it's very, I don't know, there's something more just awful about it talking about the murders how about the uh was it when was it uh they go to check on is it jill that goes and checks on dr mixture because they keep calling him at this point laurie's kind of taught and she's catatonic she's not talking yeah and they check and they turn around and he's got the needle in his eye but then that scene like uh yeah a few times of that slow fading of michael right yeah they do it again oh yeah the nurse and that slow push of the needle into the right yeah. mm-hmm. the zoomed in it was like oh, they actually God. injured the actress shooting that oh shit um when they were doing that um apparently they went to go shoot it at one point and the needle did not retract and <gasps> oh no yeah. sir and the scene where bud sings the like she's in that scene right before yeah. bud starts singing the reason it shot the way it is from her left side she is because her eye. eye was scarred up they they couldn't shoot her from that angle yeah, yeah. Oh, that was Nurse Janet. You, you wow. did just hit on something, Jason, though, is the I think that might be the biggest difference between the first two movies is the characters themselves are not as memorable individuals right. as mm-hmm. the first film. Yeah. So to the point where I literally yeah. outside of Bud, Jimmy and Lori, I don't I couldn't tell you any character's yeah. name in this film. I mean, it's like the people that are getting chased rather. Well, I've seen them so many times, but my one of my second favorite kills of uh-huh. the whole series comes with Nurse Jill, yeah, with sure, the scalpel. Yeah. And I know this is what that I mean. We'll I mean get to that in a little bit or whatever. But uh, that's one of my second favorite kills. That's an that, incredible moment. What happens yeah. to her? That's more of the Michael Myers crazy yes. street. Right. It's full. Oh, yeah, makes when, my back hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I also find it weird the shoes that falling they, off. Yeah, like. That was something I think Deborah Hill had a part in, um, but they wanted to make sure that, that that was effective. And that the actress said that she wanted to do something to make that stand out. So she said, well, what if my shoes fell off here whenever? Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, Great I read that. So, Great uh, The fact he's doing it with one hand. Yeah, yeah but that, that scene, because, I mean, Lori's looking at him and she's kind of out yeah. of it. You know, she's not focused and it's that unfocused look of him just picking nurse Jill yeah. up with the feet, like you said, and then that one shoe just kind of you know, falls and it's the most striking still shot a, in the ooh. film, yeah. I think. Yeah. That well, that in the hot tub scene, I think. Those are the yeah. two kills that really stand out in, in that in, in this movie. Yeah. For me. Um when when Mr. Garrett gets the hammer in the head, that's pretty effective. The Foley effect on that is great. Yeah. The, the sound. Tink, yeah. The like tink. Yeah. yeah. I love how Janet I love how Janet tells Mr. Garrett that she doesn't know how to use the walkie-talkie <laughs> and then he ba- he ba- can't call for help because she doesn't know how to use right. it. Yeah. His own fault. She sense. told him yeah. he, she doesn't know how to Hello? use it. <laughs> Mr. Garrett. Mr. Garrett. <laughs> Mr. Garrett. <laughs> 
things in this movie that don't add up to me. Yeah, like uh, was it Lori finally gets away? All right, now right then, you know, when Nurse Shield gets killed, she's uh, disoriented. Then all of a sudden, she can walk just fine. Well, I'm out of window. The adrenaline is kicked. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, the adrenaline is just kicked in. I'm flying out this window. I'm walking to the elevator, and then it shows Michael. I guess crawl through the same window, walking, and there's glass all over the floor that he's walking uh, on. With the, even zoom in on it of his boots crushing glass, and I went, "Did Lori just walk on broken glass too?" I don't remember. She's her a bad bitch. She's glass. the John McClane of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. Shoot the glass. <laughs> but yeah, it's. <laughs> that was a good Alan Rickman, I gotta say. Thank you. Hey. Shoot the glass. Now we get our little conversation about the sister thing in the car. <laughs> and and the way, the way he plays this and kind of goes apeshit on this security guard guy or the, the marshal guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a state yeah. marshal. He's, you know, he's not just a local cop. He's going, the they're taking marshal him in. Back. They're like, you don't, we know you're crazy, Sam. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. You've been running so around. How do you guys normally yeah. do it? You do normally give him a warning shot. Pow! Oh, and that God. gun, the Foley on that is good too. The gunshot sound on that. Pow! Yeah. Like, but it's right after this is where, uh, like Nathan, no, Jimmy comes out right. to the car because right. Lori had made her way out and Jimmy gets in the car and you're like, oh, dude, hey, Jimmy's alive. He's going to drive away and he can't get the car. And he just shouldn't uh-huh. he have been like completely soaked in blood. He, look, Does Jimmy, yeah, he looks I, awfully. Does he just well, that's the thing. The he just passes out on the car from a head yeah. wound. But I always thought that that he was just passed out. Like, I always yeah. thought it was just like he had that's a concussion. How I read yeah. It. Yeah. 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 I don't think I ever thought he had he had died. Yeah. Um, at any at any point, even when he slipped and fell on the floor, like I never, yeah. I never took that as his his passing. It's still, it's not good to hit your head. No, like you no. know what would no. help is if but these movies ended with an in memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Walking <laughs> Dead after died. every episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a vet Nicole what, Brown what? to show me who died in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> just status like effects what? for everyone. Yeah. Life life status. That's there right. So and so alive, still but at there's bar. A part Right after no. that, that Nathan was talking about the bully. It's uh, after Loomis and them show yeah. up at the hospital, and and Lori's crawling out. You can actually hear her fingernails digging oh, into my the gosh. asphalt yes. as she is trying to crawl. Like I'm like, that's an intense scene because she falls out, and you hear you hear her fingernails hit the asphalt. And to me, this is the scariest like, moment like, in the oh! film. Yeah. She, and then she finally screams when they go the in. The scariest moment in the movie to me is when she is trying to get to the door and she just can't get the words out to tell them that she needs help. Yeah, yeah, she Definitely. plays that part. Yeah. It, oh, very well. she's so good. And of course, when she stands up, bling, Michael pops up in the little red yeah. light out in the parking lot. That's a lot very right striking there. visual too, how Absolutely. he pops into that red light. I love the way they did that. And when she finally gets into the hospital and like nothing can stop Michael. He's just walking he toward and then he goes the through the glass. Even it's a, it's a I clear mean, like jump shot. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a quick cut. Right. Yeah. But it, it looks so cool. <laughs> he just boom. And, and then he doesn't, boom. yeah, he doesn't have to break it. He just walks he through he- it. Yeah. He through doesn't it. headbutt it. He doesn't mm-hmm. punch it. Yeah. He's just m- continues moving. It's, it's so yes. good. And and they continue that throughout the rest of this chase too, because yeah. they get to the, the 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 major surgery room, which is a solid wood door, and he is punching through that damn yeah. thing, and nothing is stopping him. Uh, when they get into this room, is where I think it kind of gets a little silly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, and Lori's a crack shot. 
Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, I agree. You talking about when he gets blinded? Yeah, yeah. like he gets because when he gets blinded and he's like, oh, a hissing sound. I'll that is. There. Oh, there's a hissing sound over there now. Yeah. That there. is one see. That is one moment that is more concerned with being a cool visual over making sense is when she shoots out both of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. But with the with Maybe. the swinging the scalpel and and going from one place to the other, I kind of find that a little cheesy now. It it is, but the again, it's the sound design of it is so good. Yeah. The the music drops out and there's just the. Yeah. I I do think that's very that striking. That's true. Yeah. yeah. But would a scalpel make that noise? I don't care. <laughs> I, think it's more, I, think, I don't think it's not just a sky. I think it's more just his arm yeah, swishing. Yeah. And then Loomis makes the ultimate <sighs> sacrifice because he, he knew that I can't stop him. Y'all won't listen to me yeah. anymore. And therefore, I'm just going to end it. I'm going to be the good doctor and Can take we, him out. Well, potentially he would have been dead either way because yeah. he got a scalpel to the sternum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has two great line deliveries in this final sequence. There's It's Time, Michael, which is such an incredible moment. Mm-hmm. But also, mm-hmm. get out now. Get out now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, get it's out so now. He, like, he's just like, like, no fucking one person needs to listen to me yeah. tonight, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I noticed when the explosion goes off after yeah. he lights the lighter, there are some production problems with this. <laughs> oh, no. Nothing. I mean. To the naked eye, anybody not not knowing none the wiser, you would never notice this. But uh-huh. seeing this as many times as I have, when it explodes, like the walls all shake. Yeah. Because they're just false walls. Yeah. And then there's a certain yeah. spot where the fire's going. You can see behind one of them and like some of the production stuff behind it. It's more noticeable on the blue, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's because originally I, this was probably more of a full screen shot. Yeah. Whereas they've gone to widescreen yeah. in recent years. So, but I, yeah. I still find it pretty funny that you can see some of that stuff. But it's it's just because I'm looking yeah, then, for it now because right. I've seen this movie so many well, we times. Were just, but the fact that he burned that yeah. long when he's walking out of that room and down the yeah. hallway, I mean, doing his best Johnny Storm human torch impression before Very he cool falls effect. to the ground. I, I mean, that was great. I mean, later we get Kane Hodder does it in one of the Friday I, 13th movies, which is still yeah. a great scene with him yeah. burning. I think at that time but, that was the longest fire stunt yeah. ever, right? Yeah. yeah. I think so, because I mean it went on for uh, just the slow just walk. Let him burn the rest of the night. I mean, but it's a good scare. I mean, it's a he died filming. This. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a great scare. I mean, they just left him on fire. But I love that he he Do finally have- kills over, and it shows the mask and the face burning away, and uh, and, and then yeah, after they take Glory away in the ambulance, it cuts to him still burning with Mister Sandman <laughs> yeah. playing over it, which is one of the it best opens and needle drops of any movie. Yeah. Because they do it in the beginning, and then they yeah, also yeah. do it yeah. at the end. But in the in the alternate edit uh-huh. of the ending, they load Lori into the into the ambulance, and then as they're driving away, a sheeted figure sits <laughs> up like in the first movie, and then it comes off, and it's Jimmy, and he's still alive. Yeah, and he's like, "We made it." Oh. Yeah. All right, so let's go on to you're gonna need a bigger quote. You're gonna need a bigger quote. You're gonna need a bigger quote. Yeah. So the taglines for the first movie, The Night He Came Home. Mm-hmm. He came home for Halloween. Mm. He came. <laughs> it just Every, got shorter. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Trick or treat or die. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's celebrate the horror. Happy Halloween. Oof. And the trick is to stay alive. Wait, one of them was Halloween. 
happy Halloween. Like that was the tag. The tagline was yeah. just happy Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like wow. if one of the taglines for Independence Day was this July 4th it'll be Independence Day <laughs> happy Independence yeah. Day hey I didn't write them my friends so I mean so. but, but what do you think is the be- what do y'all think of the, the better quotes I mean those, are, I mean, the those are the taglines but I mean I the night I, he came home is perfect yeah well as far as quotes in the movie oh okay gotcha I I, I think uh Loomis doing the purely and simply evil mm-hmm. is is amazing. Um, uh, I I liked uh, death has come to your little town. Yeah, I like good. that one a lot too. The yeah, I like the, the boogeyman is coming and de- yeah, death has come to your little town sheriff and it heightens my sense of security. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> like I I think the delivery is so charming too. Yeah, <laughs> it's so yeah. good. And so there were tagline the taglines for part two were more of the night he came home. Mm-hmm. He came back to finish what they'll never forget. How do you kill what's not alive? He, he That's came horrible. back to finish what they'll never forget? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make what? sense. And the nightmare Batman is... began, so you don't have to. Like, what does that mean? The nightmare isn't yeah. over. Sorry. And, it, and the nightmare was... isn't over was the other one. I don't really have any good. any good quotes from this movie other than uh, Bud's <laughs> rendering of Amazing Grace. Yeah. I think that stands out pretty good, but I don't really have anything that no, me either. That I, stood out in this one. Yeah, I, I like bits of uh, Loomis's Samhain speech, but or Sam Hayden's speech, but it's just yeah. like, there's, yeah. it's a lot of, there's nothing that really sticks out quite yeah. as much. I mean, you don't know what death is, yeah. is good, but it doesn't mean anything. Right, right. I mean, that, that would be the one thing that I think I, I could say yeah, from the is, beginning, you don't know what death is. Yeah, that's so. about it. Yeah. But as far as Halloween and Halloween 2 goes, I mean, worth a rental? Yeah. Jenny? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one like is definitely worth a rental. I know that like, I didn't see part two until we were together. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. I might not have had an idea that other Halloween movies existed. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> many, many more Halloween movies exist. Um, I mean, two's not bad, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still worth a rental. Yeah, Jason, screw the rental. Buy the mm-hmm. damn movie. That's not the <laughs> show, <it>. Jason. <laughs> no, they had it on the shelf. It's you buy. You know, they've they've had it overplayed. <laughs> now they got it on the shelf over here. You can Used. purchase it for four ninety nine. Hey, Eric, man. worth a rental. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first one is amazing. The second one is a lot better than I thought it would be, just knowing yeah. you know, that he didn't direct it and some of the other stuff. Surprisingly good, the second one. I, I, so, yeah. Nathan? Definitely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the first one is a is a genre masterpiece, and the second one we've dunked on a lot, but it's a yeah. fun, worthy successor that like it feels like a complete experience when you watch the two of them together. Right. It's not as good as the first one, but it there's a lot of fun to be had with it. Yeah, I agree. I'll say I like both of these more than any of those uh, Friday the 13th. I agree with you. And I, could, I, I, I agree with you, yeah. and I just spent $130 on buying all of them. <laughs> 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 your, your $130 set that none of the Yeah, yeah right. And I spent $40 buying all the Halloween movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's absolutely – the first one is absolutely worth the rental. second one, I think, if, if it's Halloween season – Watching them together, I mm-hmm. think they coincide what very well with one another, and that's what really holds up about them. Mm-hmm. 
I would I would also say that these first two are better than probably the five movies combined of the Friday the Thirteenth series that we just watched. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. but we'll get into this as we move along into the into the further into the Friday the Thirteenth series and the Halloween series. But I do not think the Halloween series continues to hold up very well at all. Halloween is my favorite slasher franchise, and it still more misses than hits. Yeah, there's just something about the central characters that I find so fascinating yeah. that I still want to check in on them because right. at some point Halloween becomes like. With Friday the 13th, it's a new set of characters almost every single time, right. aside from a few in the middle. Mm-hmm. But with Halloween, it becomes like a bloody soap opera. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, I wonder what Loomis is up to this year. <laughs> right. right. Just to let everybody know, I, I officially love Nathan now. Oh, yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else had my back. All right. So top kills. Top kills. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> Longest. I was waiting until somebody would say something. <laughs> so I'll I'll uh, I'll start top kills this week. Uh, so yeah, I, I love the scalpel in the back in the hospital. I think it's just a very jarring death scene. Yeah, like comes completely out of nowhere. So that's that would be my vote for top kills. Jason, how about you? Uh, mine's gonna be Bob mm. dying in part one with a knife through the chest hanging up. And the head tilt, yeah. dude. That's iconic. Nobody can ever reproduce mm. that. That is perfect. Eric, how about you? The hot tub or whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. And for the reason yeah. we already discussed that it's just the the way he throws her body, the way she's nude and just it it's icky and it makes it, I've seen a million people die in a million movies and that scene still makes me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. So it must be worth it. He just disposes. Like yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. it's yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Jenny, how about you? Um, mine is also Bob, Bob. Um, but I, I actually like the blood draining thing. Really, it's I a mean, great it, visual. It doesn't fit with his like mo, yeah. right. but I just, I just like it. It's a cool yeah. visual for yeah. sure. Like, just yeah. to think that somebody would just drain someone of all of their blood. Yeah, yeah, like really creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan, how about you? Um. Maybe mine's cheating because there were sequels after it. But if we're taking it as Halloween 2 was actually supposed to be the end of the series, I think Michael Myers' death yeah. <laughs> is the best. I mean, that that yeah, fire stunt good. is great, and the lingering shot of him mm-hmm. burning over mm-hmm. the credits is so good. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, that shot is so, like, I have a hard time figuring out, like, where it's shot from. Because yes. I don't know, like I don't know what part of it, what his am face I seeing? it is, is the that's mask? burning. What's yeah, the, yeah, it's a, it is a, it's a very unsettling shot. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that was top kills, and now we're gonna close it out with the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, the ugly. Murder, death, kill. <laughs> Jenny, you want to start? Sure. Um, my good is. Jamie Lee Curtis. She's just fantastic. Um, Bad. It's just nitpicky, but I I don't think anybody (laughs) would wash their clothes at somebody else's house. (laughs) 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 
I mean, Ginny's going. Yeah. That's I awesome. mean, I wouldn't. I would, you know, just suffer with my butter pants or sure. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Big butter stain on your shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just take your popcorn and rub it on there. Yeah. yeah. Good. Um, an <laughs> ugly um, depiction of mental illness. I'm gonna say it's. Yeah. I know that he's beyond a person, uh-huh. but just it. You know, um, the nurse calls it out like you know you're just treating him like yeah a thing and not a person and i think you know and oh i know they let them wander around like this like it's they are the mental patients who are referred to as less than human really we we just talked about that on on my podcast where there's like a like back in the day like a there was a character someone we were talking about in a story was sent to a Literally, it was called the Lunatic Asylum, and I was just like, oh, "Is that just how that we yeah. dehumanized yeah. people yeah. back then?" Right? Yeah. It's... What movie was that in? Because I've heard. Well, that, that was that so was a times. story like this story about a, a killer in 1800s Texas. It was like a an urban legend, but it, it pops up in a lot of movies where people call use the term "loony bin" yeah. or like, yeah. I think Section yeah, Nine. They might have used the phrase "lunatic asylum." Yeah, I think because so. I I can hear that in my head. Somebody saying yeah. that in the movie. Jason, how about your good, the bad, and the ugly? Oh, oh me! Uh, oh the fact that it, the the good being the fact that it is a, it was a trendsetter of things to come in the eighties. Mm. It set a precedence for everything to come after. Uh, I mean, everything started with Psycho and Hitchcock and Carpenter up the ante, and it changed the genre from there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything that came in the eighties was basically another version of Halloween. And the music. I'm gonna do a two for Eric and the music. <laughs> so, and uh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> my you're, bad. you're ugly, just. <laughs> I'm ugly. <laughs> you're making fun of me. Um, mine is uh, of course the character Bud, because <laughs> it's it's horrible. Uh, and the fact we never figure out exactly how old Michael Myers is because <laughs> even the credits can't right. get right. Uh, my ugly. This is hard. I mean, because I mean, Josh knows, and it's a perfect movie to Jason. Is, so, yeah, this movie, the both of these movies are part of my childhood, and I mean, my house is littered with Michael Myers. Uh, you gotta get but, that checked out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say the sequels that came later, cheater, and was something like that. But I would also go with. I think the ugly part is how John Carpenter added more graphic kills in this and Rick Rosenthal really didn't want it. He wanted to kind of stay with Carpenter. And I kind of think Carpenter kind of like sabotaged mm. him a little bit, even though I love Carpenter. I mean, he's one of my favorite directors, yeah. but I just think he kind of sabotaged it because he wasn't in the idea of making right, a sequel. Right. So that's my, thing. that's my only ugly, but yeah, love them all together. Eric, I'm going to say uh, the score for my Absolutely. good. Um, and for bad, I was going to say Loomis's rantings in the second film, <laughs> but you guys actually talked. Oh, oh, hey. oh, yeah! I as you guys were talking, I'm like shaking my head. Hey. You have no, I, my you have no idea how crazy he gets in this series. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you'll wait. have opportunity yeah. to do that in a later uh, episode. By, by like, yeah, yeah, but you're right. I mean. Thinking of what he went through just that yeah. evening, of course he'd be like just rambling away. It makes total sense, so that's fine awesome. with me. Uh, my my ugly is uh, the wig in 
<laughs> Thank you, Eric. Eric's got my back. Yep. And we both still love Eugene. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Nathan, did you have anything picked out? Yeah, my good is, uh, I mean, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis is un- unbelievable. She she created the the final girl, final girl, final Goyle. Goyle. <laughs> Who run the world? Girls. <laughs> Who, uh, she created that archetype and then <laughs> it turned into Gru from Despicable Me for a second. Uh, the screen yeah, queen. Yeah, and I think Donald Pleasance is just fantastic in both of them. Even in the first one where he's not 100% on board with the premise, he's still, he doesn't phone it in and it's a very interesting yeah. take on this character. Um, it, you need to do the rest of this in Loomis's voice. <laughs> My bad uh, was uh, the I, I, you know it's something that didn't bother me when I was a kid, but now the uh, like the the plot the sister plot twist is a problem. Yeah. It's a it's a real problem in the second one because it does feel like it undermines so much about what makes the first one so unsettling. Yeah, uh, which is that they are picked at random. Mm-hmm. The ugly is uh, Bud's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Is, a little hairy ass. Which we see glistening hey. in the HD cut. <laughs> hey, Jenny should be happy because now it's not all about the women. There was there a guy were who showed buns a little bit in of this nudity. movie. Like, could, uh, but I'd rather not. But. <laughs> we, yeah, we, no we bud, see bud. buds, buds. <laughs> well, my good would be John Carpenter. I mean, just in yeah. general, yeah. I mean, he 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 makes a specific kind of movie that just appeals to me. Sure, I know a lot of what drove this movie was his 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 relationships with Deborah Hill and and the people that made this movie and the fact that he did this movie that that will withstand the test of time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for a measly three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and, and and just blew people away. You know, he got the gig because he told. The, he told Mustafa Akkad. Mustafa Akkad was like complaining to him at some point. He was like, "I'm losing like three hundred thousand dollars a day on a picture that I'm making." Yeah. And and John Carpenter was like, "Give me three weeks, I'll make a movie for that much total." Wow. And he's like, "All right, let's do." This. That's ballsy, <laughs> yeah. man. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And uh, my bad would be this this the sister stuff in this in yeah. part two. I, I don't think it works very well. I know it drives where the where the series goes from here, but yeah. I think. I think if there was anything that could have been different with these, I think that could have gone. Mm-hmm. And um, the ugly, I didn't really have a lot for this. I mean, the wig has its small. I mean, I don't mind the wig too much, but like the production of the second movie and how some of it's a little out of sync and stuff that like autopsy that. Autopsy scene's pretty great, though. Yeah, that is a very, very real looking skull. Yeah, <laughs> or, or like charred yeah. body in that scene for sure. Yeah. So. That's really going to do it for me. Half the budget went to it. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> but that'll do it for Halloween and Halloween 2, guys. Hey, I got one thing to add to the end of this, and I talked to Josh about this Uh-oh. earlier, because we talk about these movies and what they meant to us yeah. as kids, and it's been an ongoing thing through like mine and Josh's, because you know Eric and Junior's, and even you were mentioning how me and Josh watched these as kids. But I want to do a shout-out to... My mom. That oh, when this yay. airs, it will be her. It, it will be her birthday. Oh, happy and birthday! She's been happy birthday, mom! Yeah. So happy birthday, mom! Happy birthday, but, mom! Yeah, it'll be her birthday, October thirtieth, when this drops. So I just want to tell her oh, happy awesome. birthday. That's and, awesome. And, and I wanted to say thank you for introducing me into the horror genre, and my life 
is forever changed. Oh, because that's of that. great. Nice. Love you, mom. Nathan, oh, cool. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah. Uh, two drinks and a haunting. Uh, my co-host Victoria and I cover true crime and paranormal uh, stories. Uh, every two episodes a week, sometimes three if we're feeling froggy. Um, and uh, go check that out. We're on uh, all the every podcasting platform, I think, and uh, Facebook.com slash TDAH podcast. Damn right. And uh, Josh just did an episode. I with did. Us. I was just about to say I did a guest spot on their. Uh well, it was. I think it was two episodes ago. Yeah, now. we talked, talked about. Uh, I listened to that yesterday. It was good. Yeah, Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Yeah, we talked about how Dan Aykroyd really wants to fuck a ghost. He sure does. <laughs> <laughs> he sure does. But that sure <laughs> that'll do it for us tonight here on the VHS Files. We start uh, November with the next one, and we're starting with a bang. Uh, we may have another guest on for the next week's episode, but it will be Back to the Future. Uh, this could be another very long discussion about a, very, a few things that we've kind of started in the Ghostbusters episode about uh, which may be the better movie. So that'll be an interesting discussion we'll have. But until then, we will see you next time. And remember, be kind, be one. Happy Halloween! Yay! It's over. It's over. Get, get it's over. Get the fuck get out! Your ass away from the phone. <laughs>been listening to the vhs files podcast watch a few movies take a few notes if you like what you heard please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast it was fun <laughs> email us your comments questions and movie suggestions at the dot vhs files at gmail.com i've seen one too many movies follow us on facebook at vhs files podcast don't you blame the movies on instagram at vhs.files movies don't create psychos on twitter at vhs underscore files movies make psychos more creative and head over to our youtube channel at the vhs files podcast for more content thanks for listening Ha 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 